Blog Talk Radio. Turn me up in the top a little bit, dawg. I want you to know. I want you to hear this one. Loud and clear. Bright and early. Listen. I don't hate players. I don't love the game. I'm the shot clock. Way above the game. To be point blank with you motherfucker the game. I got all this work on me. I ain't come for play. You can show the little shorties how you bump and fake. But dog, not to death. I'm not impressed. I'm not amused. I'm not confused. I'm not the dude. I'm grown man minutes. I am not in school. Put your hand down, youngin'. This is not for you. On my deal with beats by Kanyeo. My name on the market, your name off the payroll. South fresh like I'm still a day old. And it's been like that since the day old. I'm on time with a rollie and Seiko. Step on deck, your neck, do what I say so. Get up or get out, get down or lay low. Standing in the shadow of a savage man. Brooklyn nigga, I am. That nigga, that dude. Black people, let's move. Shout out to my man, Talib Kweli. Yes, we got topper, topper. Shout out, shout out. Check it out. Slim nigga, to cast a big shadow. Cherokee red to shoot the long arrow. Got more skill, more aim, and more ammo. You can get it all from a big or small barrel like Hail Mary, full of grace. Niggas come in and shoot up the place and make it pull up your face. The deck, I'ma pull out the ace from the jungles of the Empire State where it ain't no escape. 247718, and that's like every night, every day. From the place that I settle and stay to the states, I'm collecting my pay. Blast off, and I'm back to the K. Hold it down. I'm a family straight, representing the family way. Pro ball, not for amateur play. Been raw since the amateur stage. Before the press had the cameras raised. Like a long time handling way. You understand me straight? No doubt. Excellent. It's what it is, what it is, and that's what it is. See? Fire! Cause it is deeper, sweeter, richer, crisper. Stronger reception and sharper picture. Revolve around God and involve with niggas. These elements help evolve my scripture and make most deaf a classic modern figure. Brooklyn, it don't matter if you holler or whisper. You're coming through clear cause I'm right here with ya. Ain't gotta edit your slang, I got it, I get you. Yo, brothers and sisters, fathers and mothers and lovers and leavers, the doubters, believers, the sayers, the quitters, the bitches, the niggas, rebel gorillas, the ghetto civilians. Y'all can feel it from the first to the millionth, it's extra. Ordinary and plain, I walk a thousand faces of light ahead of the game. By the time that you get where I'm standing, I'll be gone. Y'all make moves, but y'all just move wrong. I move in and y'all must move on, cause I'm all too strong. And I know what my feet move for. Make it go without a brand new car. I was fresh without a brand new song. I give a fuck about what brand you are. I'm concerned what type of man you are. What your principles and standards are. You understand me, y'all? Be good to your family, y'all. No matter where your families are, cause everybody needs family, y'all. Raise a hand, you understand me, y'all. Everybody needs family, y'all. Be good to your family, dog. Understand. No matter where your families are, everybody needs family, dog. Raise your hand, you understand me, Paul. That's what it is. My oh, man. Family of my family, Pistol P. My man, too. All our loved ones behind the walls, all of those still in the struggle. Side of Mumia, 
Yada. Life spell. All the real soldiers, black people, family, y'all. Let it be right. Let it be right. Money. I mean, what is how much is how much is a lot of money to you? Yeah, that's a good question. Have Have you made, say, millions of dollars? No. Are you a rich man? What do you mean rich? What do you mean? You have a lot of possessions, a lot of oh. money in the bank. Possession make you rich? I know I don't have that type of richness. My richness is life forever. Another picture. Look at the so-called Egyptian. The African of Kemet and his and her culture laced with gold, laced with silver and precious stone. The point I'm making is that you're from a rich culture, a rich past. <laughs> into your mind, body, and soul. Somehow we have bought into a shoebox full of fallacy, and one of them is that it's all right to be poor. Whenever you see people prospering, always rejoice and bless them in your heart. Always do that. And you see, you magnetize yourself for that good when you bless other people. But you know, if you have a jealous spirit, oh, look at that. Why should they have that when I've got so little? Yeah, because you're you work, you operate your mouth against yourself. That's why. There's a verse of scripture also said that says, Thou art ensnared by the words of thy mouth. You know, the mouth can be a dangerous thing until you learn how to operate it positively. <laughs> Some people are like a prosecuting attorney against themselves. Every time you think of something good, you talk yourself out of it. Yeah, but I know, I just know, I, I sure wish. No, but I can't. But oh, I sh Lord, I sure wish. Thou art ensnared by the words of thy mouth. Don't do that. That, that stems from your grand perennial group and, and my perennial group. <laughs> remarks that I heard so persistently was that all I want is just enough to get back. 
And then the one that my generation used was, how's it going, man? I'm making it. I'm it. Now, that's another thing, and I want to warn you about this. You know, a lot of people are good at visualizing things for other people. Yeah, that's for Rockefeller. <laughs> that's for those rich people. You'll pass by those mansions in Bel Air and Beverly Hills that look at this where the rich people live. Look, look at that. That's for them. And you're really telling yourself, well, that's for them. I see them with it. But I don't see myself with it. Making what? <laughs> the standstill syndrome of hold on has been the banner of black America since we were imprisoned in this country and culture. Survival was of the utmost importance. Just to live through the theme of survival or the capture of Africa. Okay, if you can see it for other people, why can't you see it for yourself? I taught people to do this. Here's a little technique. That whenever you see people being, doing, and having good, always be glad for them. Always rejoice for them. And, you know, say good things about them in your mind. I said, look at that old rich so-and-so. The Bible says, curse not the rich. Reverend Ike says, if you curse the rich, you'll never be one of us. <laughs> <laughs> it became a fixed mechanism in the pseudo-culture that the African was developing in this, quote, foreign land, unquote. How to survive, the need to survive, the whole syndrome of survival is a slave mentality syndrome. I remember some years ago, I uh, drove up to our place up in the mountains in, in Monterey overlooking the, the ocean, and my custodian at that time was a very fine gentleman who met me outside, and he saw that brand new mink, silver, gray, and blue Rolls Royce Corniche. And he said to me, he says, oh, Reverend Ike, he said, I saw this car in my visualization the other day. I say, yeah, but you made one mistake. You didn't see yourself with it. <laughs> so I got it. Prosperity is the correct concept for the African, where most of the wealth of the planet has been drawn from. Most of the gold most of the silver, most of the diamonds, rubies, emeralds, pearls, Africa, that says the land from which we adhere is a rich land, a land flowing with milk and honey, that God's so-called chosen were sent to that land as a promised land. And when you decide it, you've got to do what? Believe it. Another picture. Look at the so-called Egyptian, the African of Kemet, and his and her culture, laced with gold, 
laced with silver and precious stone. The point I'm making is that you're from a rich culture, a rich past. It's back here. The idea to be rich, to be prosperous, to be well-to-do. Okay? The illusion of poverty is just that. It is an illusion. In this teaching, that would indicate, yes, law. Meaning that you have an affirmative attitude toward the law which works to bring you to the demonstration of the good that you believe. In this cycle we are in of high dispensation that includes wealth. You're supposed to get back something. Surely God is able. Say that. Say it again. The third time. And I like to make it so very personal and say it this way. Surely God in me is able. Say it again. Spiritual prosperity includes material prosperity. It includes mental prosperity. It doesn't exclude anything. The masters who presented themselves to a given people renounced material materiality because they were demonstrating spirituality. They didn't need to harness and sack up anything. They could have anything they wanted when they wanted it. When you believe, nothing is impossible. So you got to believe. That's real prosperity consciousness. To have what you need and want when you need it and when you want it. It is not having a large bank account. Because the bank owner might go off with your money. <laughs> In your consciousness, that's where prosperity is. See it! Let's hear it! This deals with visualization. We're not listening to whom we're supposed to be listening to. We're listening to the things that worry and trouble us. The things that confuse us occupy much of our minds. There's an answer for every question. There's a solution to every problem. Where is it? Inside. It is important that you learn how to work in the theater of your mind. And I want to leave that term with you. Say, the theater of my mind. There's no more God out here than there is in there. Now, I'm going to tell you something important because, see, somehow we don't think we're supposed to get rich unless we work and save our money. And that's a practical, good way to do so. And, and I'm not going to knock that. You know, you know it, 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 as much as I dislike eight hours a day, <laughs> it, it's practical and it's significant and it gives a, a 
sense of purpose and direction. Wealth is given. It is not earned. I now enter into the theater of my mind and look upon the stage of my imagination. Then you've got to step there. And, you, and then I will say, I see myself. And then you describe yourself as you wish to be. So repeat this after me. I now look upon, I now enter the theater of my mind. And look upon the stage of my imagination. And I see myself as I wish to be. While we sit here, somebody's getting rich. And I want you to think about that instead of somebody tricking you out of your check. Money is an idea. How many ideas can you contain? What is it that brings you your good? Oh, there I am. Look how healthy I am. Look how happy I am. Listen to the way I'm laughing. I'm just the exact weight that I want to be. Look at that. My dimensions are as I would have them to be. Just look at me. And look at all that money around. What are you passionate about? What is it that you really love with all your feelings? Can you transfer that to money? Yes, you can, if you want to. So learn how to see yourself being, doing, and having the good that you desire. Enter the theater of your mind. Look upon the stage of your imagination and see yourself. And it's important that you see yourself being, doing, and having the good that you desire. Systematically, this man kept trying to destroy everything that something was giving him. He was doing it to himself, but not the white boy. He was doing it to himself. Very good. The power of the word, spoken word. And we need to control that power. Huh? If we take words and throw them like daggers, they get results. Yes, you got to see it. You remember Flip Wilson, the comic, who used to say, what you see is what you get. That's true. And the man who said to me, well, Reverend, I got to saw this Rolls Royce carnation in my visualization. He made the mistake. He didn't see himself with it. So, also when you see people with good, always say also, and when you pass those fine homes, fine cars, people are looking good, say, that's for me. Let me hear you say it. That's for me. Say it again. That's for me. See, bless it, bless them, and say, that's for me. That means that you include yourself in that idea of good.
Sometimes things are they are 
Keep it locked. You're tuned in to the hottest radio network on the planet, Evolution Radio. You're listening to the new Evolution Radio Network, where the evolution is the revolution. They don't want what we know out there. You'll never get this on CNBC. But our school system will never tell us that because they're part of the process. Fake money, fake teachers, fake assets. I know the game of the rich. My rich dad taught me. You know it because you're the banker. The bankers and the rich play is different than what they teach you in school. All over the world, what does school teach you about money? And the answer is nothing. And that's not a mistake. That's not an accident. I knew that. Most people know that. The way to keep the poor and middle class working hard is never teach them what the rich know. So if you read Rich Dad Poor Dad, which came out in 1997, it's what the rich teach their kids about money, the poor and middle class do not. Poverty hurts. I mean, I don't like it. And I don't like that our academic system is so corrupt. You know, we, we know the banking system is corrupt. We know politics is corrupt. But, ac- but academics is just as corrupt. I mean, one thing if it's the banking and the politics, but this is where we send our children and we trust them to do the right things for them. And yet they're being not taught something so fundamental. Like you asked your dad when you were a kid, Dad, you asked your teacher, when are you going to teach us about money? And it was just never. Oh, never. And they'll never will. You know something. What do you know? Share it. What is financial education? It's not get a job, work hard, save money, and invest in a well-diversified portfolio of stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and ETFs. The financial industry is two things, debt and taxes. 1971, Nixon took the dollar off the gold standard, and the U.S. dollar became debt. And we still tell kids to go to school, get a job, work hard, save money and get out of debt. Now who tells them to do that? That's the most ridiculous thing there is. The book starts and it says line number one, saving money will make you rich. Yeah, it never will. You know that. All taught that as kids. Why would you save it and why would you work for it if they can print it as faster than you can work for it? Why do you keep saving when they're printing it? Rich don't work for money. Don't you touch that stuff. It's very subtle, right? They don't say I'm going to train you to be a worker bee the rest of your life, but they educate you in a way where that's what you come out. Right. What else was he, what was he trying to do those first few months where you were working for him? What was he trying to get across to you? Because he taught you the hard way about money. And she says, if you're going to be a successful in your life, you've got to find the best teachers. And a great teacher is somebody who comes from the inside, not the outside. But in school, you don't know if your instructor is for real or not. That's where the fake teacher comes from. I said, I want you to teach me about money. So it was, so why should I teach you? He said, but if I teach you, you work for me for free. And I said, why for free? And my dad, my poor dad went nuts. He says, because if I pay you, you think like an employee. Your, brains will, your brain will change. If you learn never to work for money, you'll be a rich man. And this is powerful. Once you give someone a paycheck, their brain turns off. Correct. Because it's and then the promise of a pension. Right. And job security. 
which is kind of a paycheck in disguise Correct. after you stop working. Give the man a fish, eats for the day, teach him to fish, eats Correct. for a lifetime. And most poor people confuse assets for liabilities. They think their home is an asset, it's actually a liability. Right. An asset is a noun, like a house. Cash flow is a verb. So to understand if it's an asset or liability, it takes a noun plus verb. So if the cash is flowing out of your pocket, it's a liability. If the cash is flowing into your pocket, asset verb, it's an asset. So I own 7,000 rental properties. Those are assets. Every month, the cash flows in. Whereas many people have the big house on the hill and the cash is flowing out. They're going broke. Right. It's like a, a frame of mind. The other thing the poor don't understand is the number one expense for most people is taxes. And yet we don't even see it. Isn't that weird? You walk around and you look at the paycheck and say, ah, that doesn't seem right. And you don't realize that the government's got a huge hand in your pocket and you are doing nothing to minimize that. Again, right. this is what's very different about the rich and the poor. The rich don't work for money. It's number one expense is tax. See, there's three kinds of income earned portfolio passive so earned income is if I get a job that's earned income if I'm a doctor or a programmer that's earned income because I'm working for it if I buy us if I buy let's say Apple for ten dollars and I send up a 20 that's uh, portfolio income capital gains yeah but passive income which is cash flow is never taxed and so these guys are screaming right now in America taxed or rich, I said, good luck. Because most of the guys complaining, they don't know the three kinds of income. And the rich don't have jobs anyway. They have assets. And so the average schmo out there, a poor guy, you know, sent the kid to school, they don't learn this. You see, very few people will buy what I do, make a million dollars and pay zero tax. And my rich dad taught me that playing Monopoly. That's how it started, you know, four greenhouses, one red hotel. Or the McDonald's formula. I write about it there. McDonald's, Ray Kroc. Yeah. McDonald's is in the real estate business. So they sell hamburgers, but they buy real estate, so they pay no taxes. You know, this guy Bezos, what, he's $16 billion. How much tax do they pay on that $16 billion? Zero. And that's all legal. Anyone can do it. Everybody can do but it. But most people lack the education. So once you learn how to use debt as money, you can never say, I can't afford it. See, because the banks will give you, so the banks, after the crash of 2008, the banks gave me $300 million tax-free. When I asked the average guy, I said, can you, why don't you use debt? They can't even get a loan. Because their scores, their FICO scores, I don't know if you have them here, are so bad. The school teachers will never tell you that because they don't know it. My poor dad never knew that don't know if something is an asset or a liability until you can say which way the cash flows. So a house, is it an asset or a liability? Well, if it's taking money from your pocket, it's a liability. If it's putting money in your pocket, it's an asset. The U.S. government wants me to provide housing, wants me to provide jobs, wants me to borrow money because that's how money is created through debt. I get huge tax breaks. Everybody can do the same thing if they had the financial education to do it. If people understood the tax code, we'd be more prosperous. But can poverty be passed through genetically? Yes. Because it's some type of way of thinking. It's an attitude. An attitude. It's very simple. When, I, when people ask me, how do I stop it? I just say, never say, I can't afford it. 
ask yourself, how can I? The reason I have so much money is because I don't say I can't do it. I just go, how can I do it? And I just go and do it. I make a lot of mistakes, but that's how I learn. How can I? But poor people like my poor dad always said I can't afford it. You think I'm made of money? I'm a school teacher. I can't do that. And I picked that up. And my rich dad never said those words. So when I meet poor people, they use the words I can't a lot. So the people that say I can't afford it, I can't do this, I can't get to college, the rich are evil, you know, I choose not to participate in that. And that's one thing people could change today, Correct. right now, is that dialogue in their head. Stop saying the word can't. I can't. Right. So how can I? How can I? Especially as in, I can't afford it, how can I afford that? Right. Because that opens them up to looking at it as an investment to a greater future. Right. You know, when I borrowed $300 million, I couldn't do it when, until I went to ask. And I got turned down so many times. I said, you know, and every time I, I showed the bank of my financials and they go, sorry, I said, look, do me a favor. Why did you turn me down? And he told me, this is out, the numbers are out here. So I said, I get these numbers fixed. Can I come see you again? He goes, sure. So it's called rejection. The same as my wife rejected me for six months. It's just a matter of personal willpower, which is spiritual. Just saying, if they can do it, I can do it. And how can I? How can I? And I think it's you once said, words become flesh. Yep. It was the Bible, too. Intelligence increases through your mistakes, through the ups and downs of what you've learned. Real estate's real estate. But what I learned made me richer, not the money. You don't need money to make money. You know, I think all of us, every human being has that low point in their life. And if they get the message, a new life begins. If they don't get the message, they keep going down. The richer I got was because I didn't need any money. I could use this to make money. But how did I get there is I made a lot of mistakes. People are afraid of making mistakes and all this, fear of failing. It limits them. Nice, nice, so very nice. So many people trapped in the same device. And uh, you were able to overcome where, where you grew up, as you once put it. You saw what happened and things like drug dealing, yeah. where, where the life would end. And you decided at some point, I'm not going there. Yeah, just, I mean, you know, those sort of decisions that happen in, you know, many of our lives, you know, when we have, we're faced with that, those fork, you know, the fork in the road moments, um, you know, and I was around people and I was seeing people, really genuinely nice people going away for 13 years and, you know, all these, uh, you know, unjust and Rockefeller laws and, you know, I was just around that so much that I would just told myself, man, I have to make a decision at some point. And, um, you know, I made this, this, this decision to, uh, you know, focus on music, which was my love, you know, and it, and it, it worked out. Uh, consistency. You know, uh, people have a love of music. They may do one or two or three albums, and then for some reason they fade away. That hasn't happened to you. I think, again, again, it goes back to a, a bit of what Warren was saying as well, like it's the discipline as well, the discipline to not get caught up in the moment. You know, music is like stocks, too. You know, there's the hot thing of the moment. 
you know, there's this hot electro sound or the hot auto-tuned voice or the hot uh, whatever, whatever's new and exciting. And, you know, you know, people tend to make emotional decisions based on that. They don't stick with what they know. This is who I am. This is, you know, this is what I do. And then they, you know, jump on this next hot thing and, you know, it's, it's not for you. So for me, just having the discipline and having the confidence that and who I am, you know, and if I go into a studio and, and if I find my truth of the moment, there, there, there are a number of people in the world that can relate to what I'm saying and, and it's going to um, buy into what I'm doing. You know, not because it's the new thing of the moment, but because it's my genuine emotions. It's how I feel. It's how I articulate the world. And, you know, just having the discipline to just, you know, be yourself. As you once said, as an artist, you are fighting against everything that's new and everyone's fascinations with new things. Yeah, shiny things. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> People fall in love with shiny things. <laughs> So 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 in essence, so in essence, as you grow older, you bring an audience with you because the right. topic of your music grows with you. Right, right. So I it mean, never stays. Does doesn't go stale. Yeah, because for hip hop is like thirty years old. Like hip hop is fairly a new genre of music, so we've never seen, uh, you know, the maturation of hip hop, you know, in this sort of way. This never happened before. You know, people would get a certain age and still try to pinpoint this, you know, young demographic because hip-hop was a young man's sport. But, you know, people that listen to hip-hop when they're 18, they still don't like hip-hop when they're 28. It's just that the, the voices in hip-hop are not speaking directly to them anymore. Weren't. You know, they weren't. They were speaking to an 18-year-old demographic. You know, so, you know, you're 28, you don't have anything to listen to because no one's relating to you. So, you know, my whole thing was I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm just going to make, you know, the music that I love to make and that I want to make, and I'm going to mature with my music. And, you know, luckily for me, it was the right decision. When did you realize that not only did you have this uh, ability with music and not to get stale, but recognize, too, you have to be treated also, even though you love it, as a business so that you don't end up, as so many do, they lose everything they have, they're in effect indentured to companies, and uh, they're they're not masters of their fate. Yeah, that was the greatest trick in music that people ever pulled off is to convince artists that you can't be an artist and make money. <laughs> I, I think the people that were making millions actually said that. <laughs> I think they set that whole thing up. You know, it was almost like shameful. Like especially in rock and roll, you had to pretend that you know you got these millionaire guys who had to pretend as if they weren't successful at all or it would be like a detriment to their career. You know, um, hip hop from the beginning, you know, just it was always been aspirational. You know, just always broke that thing. You know, that thing that an artist can't think as well. And um, I think at the end of the day, as long as you, when you separate the two, and you're not making music with business in mind, because you, you, at some point you have, it has to be real when they touch it, when they listen to it. You know, something has to resonate with them that's real. As long as you, when you're in the studio, you're, you're an artist, you make music, and then after you finish, you, you market it to the world, I don't think anything is wrong with that. In fact, I know there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and um, 
So how, uh, going right from the very beginning, you learned about the business of music because uh, you couldn't Well, we were that. forced, yeah, we were, yeah, we were forced in the beginning. I wish I could say we were geniuses and say we're going to start our own company. You know, I, that's not what happened. You know, in the beginning, we went to every single label and every single label shut their door on us. Um, the, the genius thing that we did was we didn't give up. We didn't say because these guys, you know, we use that what do they know approach. You know, we we didn't give up at that point. I think that would, you know that was the genius thing we did. We start selling our own CDs and we built our own buzz, and then the record company came back to us. So now we had um, uh, a different negotiation. You know, it wasn't the same artist um, label relationship. Now we retain ownership in our own company. And uh, it was the best thing for us, you know. Well, one of the things you did uh, fairly recently was about three years ago. Uh, you were with a company. You were president of a company. You saw firsthand what you thought was wrong with the music business. You wanted out, and you're willing to put money to get yourself out. Yeah, I didn't necessarily want out. I wanted to work with them, but I wanted like a, a fund in the so sense. You were president of the company. Yeah, I was the president of Def Jam Records, and I wanted a, I wanted a fund to. You know, I wanted to work there. Cause but what, I wanted what, to find what struck to you is they take all these artists, almost like throwing them against the wall, see so see which ones would stick. You thought that was a yeah, huge waste of money. Yeah, in the music business for a long time, the, the, a hit record solved all your problems because there wasn't the internet and it wasn't this uh, YouTube and it wasn't so many other factors. It was just the music. So that model still exists of you know just putting artists out and see what works. You know. Uh, and as the machines start moving faster, a lot of things got lost in uh, the process, you know, A&R and, &R and, and uh, letting the artist, artist development, you know. So it got to a point we were, as a music business, we were releasing hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of albums every year. And, you know, the percentages was like really low, like 56 albums and four artists work, or, you know, something like that. So I wanted to bring you know, the entire culture uh, into it. I, I wanted a fund so I could do other things aside from signing artists like, you know, buy a television station or buy a club that, you know, we can develop these artists in or, you know, buy some headphones. Uh, you know, it's just all these different things I wanted to do. And uh, I don't think um, at that time, you know, they could really get their mind around it. Um, it's not something they were willing to do. And, you know, I just felt like I would, I would be a waste there. So, you know, I started my own thing, Rock Nation, and, you know, that's what we do. We pretty much, we have everything from, uh, it's a publishing company, you know, we have writers, you know, it's a recording company, we have, uh, it's a touring company, it's um, Did you have sleepless there? nights when you put, what was it, $5 million to buy out the con your last contract for an album? Yeah, at the end of that, my death year, very much so. <laughs> I even have a better story for you. Uh, so my last year of Def Jam, you know, when I proposed this and it didn't work, you know, I, st I went over to sign with a group called Live Nation and made Rock Nation, but that was me as a businessman. As an artist, I still had one album left with uh, Def Jam and Universal. And I went to uh, Doug Morris and you know, L.A. Reid, who was the uh, chairman of Def Jam at the time, you know, he did a great thing for me. He allowed me to, you know, walk in and have the conversation with Doug. And Doug, you know, we had a fantastic relationship, so it was very cool. But I, um, I bought my last album back. And 
what people don't know about is the day I, I had flew in from Hawaii, I was doing some recording, and I had an iPod in my pocket, and I was on a, a commercial flight coming from um, Hawaii to New York, and I had on uh, jogging pants, and I'm, my iPod with all the music that I recorded was missing. It was on a plane somewhere. So I had to walk into the office the next day and buy an album back that might leak the next day. So every day I would wake up and be like, I would check all the internet places and everywhere and be like, for, yeah, for like three months. I, but I, I, you know, at the end of the day, I'm out of there. I can't trust these niggas, they be switching sides Trapping in the band up with your bitches side Money new, hundreds blue, I just spent a dime Me and you are not the same, we on a different time Me and you are not the same, we on a different time Me and you are not the same, we on a different time Try and lie me when you find me, better grip your knife But Tefali Fabiani, we on a different time Had to hustle and rob, they ain't leave me a choice This can't be life, Jay-Z and Bean's voice Never had a nine to five, I ain't believing that So the Block is where I decided I'm eating that. The staircase is where the fiends used to meet me at. Police searching me, looking for work, but I was cheeking that. Was on that block every night, getting to that bag. Wanted that Kooji and Versace shit Biggie had. Cooking that cocaine till it turned hard. I'm living in hell, still believing in God. I got faith like I'm Frank White. Fiends don't want that work if it ain't right. Niggas don't want you coming up if they ain't eating. The block's up and I'm out here. I ain't leaving. I'm popping. I ain't one of these lame niggas. Me and Carmelo Anthony fucking the same stripper. Going hand in hand is what made me a boss. I know how to bounce back after taking the loss. See tough guys turning the bitches in court. Just made them realize they ain't as tough as they thought. Bodies done dropped for this money I got. I earned these diamonds that I got in my watch. I earned these diamonds that I got in my chain. I treated myself for putting in all of that pain. I can't trust these niggas, they be switching sides Trapping in the band up with your bitches side Money new, hundreds blue, I just spent a dime Me and you are not the same, we on a different time Me and you are not the same, we on a different time Me and you are not the same, we on a different time Try and lie me when you find me, better grip your knife But definitely Fabiani, we on a different time I wanna open this up, telling y'all I'm opening up I wanna be able to smell it before I open it up That shit ain't potent enough, I be plotting low in the cut Looking at the TV like that's supposed to be us But who am I to blame? I'm still a student at a game I maneuvered out the rain and broke my shooters when I came Yeah, I need a bitch that's a down one When them pounds come, make this out of town run Don't lead till your round's done Time to time I still chop it up with the old hags They told me how most niggas snitch when you go fast Told me to switch the hustle to flow dead My brother Pop died and flow dead You ain't quote dead Times I still wish I had a brick for the coke heads Pull up with a mountain of snow and tell them go sled Remember Halloween's back when we used to throw eggs yeah. Still in mopeds, gave a fuck what the Pope said fuck. Nigga, which one you happen to pick? Judge by 12 or carry by 6 Granddad said be careful with the drugs Don't let them defeat you I said I don't do the drugs I just tell them the people He told me it's cold love when you going up Couple niggas come through and see how you holding up Pictures on your cell wall that you was holding up Give it some time, them packages and them bitches start flowing up I can't trust these niggas, they be switching sides 
trapping in the band up with your bitches stop Money new, heart is blue, I just spit the dog Me and you are not the same, we on a different time Me and you are not the same, we on a different time Me and you are not the same, we on a different time Try and lie me when you find me, better grip your knife Put that Felipe Aviani, we on a different time Don't even think about changing the station You're listening to The Bottom Line with your host, Joey L Nobody has done more for the black community than Donald Trump. And if you look, with the exception of Abraham Lincoln, possible exception, but the exception of Abraham Lincoln, nobody has done what I've done. Criminal justice reform, Obama and Joe didn't do it. I don't even think they tried because they had no chance at doing it. They might have wanted to do it, but if you had to see the arms I had to twist to get that done, it was not a pretty picture, and everybody knows it, including some very liberal people that cried in my office. They cried in the Oval Office. It's a very, it makes me sad, because I am, I, I am the least racist person. I can't even see the audience because it's so dark, but I don't care who's in the audience. I'm the least racist person in this room. Okay, Vice President Biden, let me ask you very quickly, and then I have a follow-up question for you. Abraham Lincoln here is one of the most racist presidents we've had in modern history. He pours fuel on every single racist fire, every single one. He started off his campaign coming down the escalator saying he's going to get rid of those Mexican rapists. He's banned Muslims because they're Muslims. He has moved around and made everything worse across the board. He says to the, about the poor boys, last time we were on stage here, he said, I told him to stand down and stand ready. Come on. This guy has a dog whistle about as big as a foghorn. President Trump, I'm going to give you 10 seconds to respond, and then I have a follow-up. No, I, he made a reference to Abraham Lincoln. Where did that come in? I mean, you said you're Abraham that, Lincoln. No, no, where did that? No, no. You said, I said not since Abraham Lincoln has anybody right. done what I've done for the black community. And I'm saying, I didn't say I'm Abraham Lincoln. I said not since Abraham Lincoln has anybody done what I've done for the black community. Now, you have done nothing other than the crime bill, which put... Oh, God. Tens of thousands of black men, mostly, in jail. All right. Let me, you know let what? Me, let me they ask remember Vice it President because if you look at what's happening with the voting right now, let me ask they Vice remember President that Biden you treated them very, very badly. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back after these messages on Evolution Radio. Hello? Okay, good. So, as... The chemical of emotion wing, the cells will go into a period of chemical withdrawal. This will stimulate the brain to produce more molecules of emotion, and the cells will carry out the corresponding behavior to concentrate the chemicals in the tissues. This is known as emotionalism, which creates drama. No, I'm serious. You have to understand that drama is a biological created activity because the chemistry of that emotion is dwindling in that person's body. And so therefore, to keep that chemistry at the level that it's used to, it will stimulate the person to create drama. So you have to understand, this is a self-imposed chemical addiction to one's own emotions. And if that means that they are sabotaging things to solve this chemical imbalance in the body, they will do that. 
If it means that they have to create disharmony or create havoc, etc., it will happen over and over and over again. So these people don't need enablers that continuously support them through their high drama. They need to actually be treated and put into withdrawal and consult about how to be able to separate their sensations from a thought so they do not continuously create this chemistry. So you have to understand this is a serious problem because what I have observed about us as African Americans is that we have difficulty staying focused and participatory in an event because we allow our emotions and now we've created these emotions because we have judged someone else's speech or someone else's behavior to allow us to abandon the goal or the project over and over and over again. So I used to find it very interesting because Caucasians will make it very clear to each other, I really do not like you. However, if they are very clear that they need that person's skill or talent, that is inconsequential, and I will meet you tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock so we can get busy on this project. And at 5 o'clock, don't speak to me again. So I've heard us rationalize that, oh, that's hypocritical and just a whole bunch of other stuff, and how can they do that, and they shouldn't speak, and look at what they did. A whole bunch of chemical poisons and toxins that you have created in your mind. Because... When the mind understands that we need certain skills and talents to be able to get a project done, we're not interested in how they look, what they say, what they may be doing, etc. We're interested, can they execute this particular activity to the extent that I'm going to get one step closer to the goal. And if the mind understands that, a healthy mind will ignore the rest of the activities and stay focused on the goal. This is critical. I mean, I have seen us talk about we're not speaking and whatever else, et cetera, and nothing gets done. Nothing. Over and over and over again. Because we are emotional addicts. We are not in control at all of our bodies. It is our emotions that are driving us. And so, therefore, we have abandoned the project Years go by, the same foolishness and nonsense, and we wonder why, what happened. And somebody else that didn't do whatever they're supposed to do. No, it was you who would not control your mind and stay focused.
Let's first take a look at the ratification of the amendment, because this is a matter of controversy that um, got me into a lot of trouble for raising it in uh, the Reconstruction chapter of my, my American history book. But I'm only repeating a, a totally mainstream interpretation. I found it hilarious. People never even heard of this before. The argument that the 14th Amendment was not constitutionally ratified. I mean, this, the old National Review used to just take this for granted. I mean, old, you know, old conservative publications, libertarians, all, all understood this. Uh, in the 1950s, U.S. News and World Report published an editorial saying, of course we all know the 14th Amendment wasn't legitimately ratified. I mean, this was just sort of common knowledge. Now I say it today and I get like Max Boot saying, oh my gosh, where did Woods get this crazy idea? Like I just invented it. Sort of funny. Well, let's look at, at what is the claim being made here. There are a few factors to take note of when we look at the ratification of the 14th Amendment. First, we have the fact that uh, to, the, the amendment was proposed in Congress and two-thirds of, of, of the people present voted to, uh, to, to approve the amendment. And then it gets, then it gets, passed, it gets uh, sent out to the states and then three-quarters of the states have to ratify the amendment for it to uh, take effect. Well, one thing we can note about the passage of the 14th Amendment is that it was not, shall we say, entirely without blemish. At the time that the amendment was uh, set to be voted on and, and discussed, John P. Stockton was a newly elected senator from New Jersey, and he was known to be an opponent of the 14th Amendment. And he took his seat, duly took his seat in the U.S. Senate the, at the beginning of the 39th Congress. Well, informal canvassing of, of uh, senators made quite clear that there was no two-thirds majority in favor of the amendment at that time. Uh, in fact, it turned out that 
the amendment would have been one vote short of passage. So, a motion was introduced uh, not to seat John Stockton. But he's already been seated. This is the problem. He's already been seated. So you can't really vote not to seat somebody who has been seated. If he's been seated you're supposed, and you want to get rid of him for one reason or another, you have to vote to expel him. But expulsion requires uh, a two-thirds vote. They didn't have a two-thirds vote to expel him. So they voted not to seat somebody who had already been seated. Okay? I mean, it's sort of like, you know, how can something be both A and not A at the same time and in the same manner? So they voted not to seat this man who had already been seated. Uh, and then they went ahead and voted to approve the 14th Amendment. Now that's, you know, it's really not legal. It's right, not, not a proper procedure. But that's, that's actually the least of the problems associated with the amendment. Then it goes out to the states. Now Tennessee ratifies the amendment. But here's how Tennessee ratified the amendment problem that was occurring in Tennessee was that opponents of the amendment were refusing to show up at the state house uh, and thereby preventing a quorum. Okay, I mean, you have to have a certain minimum number of people present in order to conduct business. Well, opponents of the amendment thought one way to prevent its ratification is just not to show up, and then they wouldn't have a quorum. Well, in order to get a quorum, uh, two of the anti-amendment Tennessee legislators were actually kidnapped and forcibly brought to the state house and, and declared to be present so that the vote could take place. Now, there are some sticklers, you know, who think that kidnapping is immoral, uh, you know, who, who would throw, you know, some doubt on this, the legality of this. And the f thing is that when, the, when the, the House Speaker called the roll, well, these two uh, representatives refused to answer. They refused to, to, to say they were present because in their mind, they weren't, you know, spiritually, they weren't present. They were only there uh, you know, under duress, I mean, really by force. So they refused to answer the role, but nevertheless, they were declared present so that the, the, the amendment could be ratified. In Oregon, there was a, a situation that was at least as irregular as that one. In Oregon, you had a case where the legislature of Oregon voted on the amendment, and they voted to approve the amendment. But then it was discovered that two of the Republicans who had been elected in Oregon had actually not been legally elected. When they actually looked again at the votes, it turned out that Democrats had been elected in those two seats. So two Republicans were removed and replaced by two duly elected Democrats. So some people thought, well, we should re-vote on, on the amendment now that we have the legitimately elected people present. This time they voted not to approve the amendment. But they were told by the federal government, sorry, we take your first answer. Okay. New Jersey. Now, New Jersey and Ohio, the irregularities there, are it's not quite so clear-cut. I mean, obviously in Oregon, there's no, that's, uh, there's no excuse for that. And in Tennessee, there's obviously no excusing that. New Jersey and Ohio is not quite so clear-cut, but arguably there's at least some kind of irregularity here. Because both of these states rescinded their ratifications. And they rescinded them, though, before the amendment went into effect. It was still being voted on by other states. I mean, you could argue that if the amendment has already gone into effect and then you vote to rescind your ratification, it is probably too late. But arguably, they may at least have had some right to, to withdraw. But they were told once again, sorry, we take your first answer. And New Jersey in particular, at the time that they attempted to withdraw their ratification, they actually announced, they said that we, have a, we are fearful that this amendment has been worded ambiguously with deliberate intent 
so that in the future it can be used to deprive us of our liberties. Very interesting. Well, the most fundamental reason, though, that there was an illegality involved here is that here you had the southern states, which they, they ratified the 13th Amendment in 1865, abolishing slavery. No one had any problem with them then. 1867 rolls along. The radical Republicans in Congress, who are the wing of the Republican Party who favor you know, a very harsh settlement with the South, now that they're in power, in 1867 they declare the, the uh, other than Tennessee, they like Tennessee because Tennessee ratified the 14th Amendment, but other than Tennessee, the other former states of the Confederacy, the other 10 states, were declared in 1867 to be illegal, without legal governments. And they're going to be militarily occupied, they're going to be divided into five military districts, they're going to be deprived of self-government, they're going to have, in effect, martial, military courts open. Uh, so that was all declared in 1867. That was said about the southern states. But at the same time, these same states were told, you have to ratify an amendment to the Constitution. Now they're trying to have their cake and eat it too. Because either they're legal states or they're not. If they are legal states, then you shouldn't be occupying them with the military. Uh, if they're not legal states, then you can't ask them to ratify an amendment to the Constitution because they're not legal states. I mean, you may as well ask France to ratify an amendment to the U.S. Constitution. It would be perfectly irrelevant. So in other words, you're depriving them of all the privileges of statehood, but nevertheless you're going to impose on them one of the burdens of statehood. You're going to actually demand that they ratify an amendment to the Constitution when you yourself have just said they're not even legal. The states, as constituted in the South, are not legal. So it's been argued that therefore their votes could not have counted. In no way could an illegal state, by definition, his, that vote for, for the, uh, the amendment be counted as a vote in favor of the, of the amendment. I mean, that, that's, that's not to mention the coercion involved here. I mean, one, there was one congressman who said that um, when, when the 14th Amendment was sent out to the states, Tennessee approved it, but the other 10 uh, southern Confederate states rejected it. It was a northern congressman who said, well, the southern states have rejected the 14th Amendment, so we are going to march upon them at bayonet point until they, they do ratify it. Well, most, you know, most legal principle, principles would have it that a decision that you're forced to make under duress is not legally binding. So, so we have that difficulty as well. And for these reasons and, and even several others, uh, very recently, like early 1990s, Forrest MacDonald concluded that the 14th Amendment was never constitutionally The mighty set. Santana, what's up? More like a movement you need to be in tune with. Killer the dawn, what's good? Crack music, crack. Dip- diplomatic community, community, uh-huh. community, community, yeah, we community, back. community, community, uh-huh. community. Your favorite neighborhood drug dealers. Uh-huh. Uh, Jones, where before we was dropping knowledge on samples, we listen. Cutting world when using bottles and samples. Uh, few made it out, but I only recall a handful. Couple. Most got locked and turned the t-shirts to candles in them. Walls on with bodies pop up dead. Harlem, big difference from the cops and the feds. Shut that out. A big difference from the dawn and drop head. I told them use it as my casket if I drop dead. Money, power, respect is what the lock said. He showed a lot of lock and respect is what the cops said. Fuck the cops. Paparazzi flicks on the six page. Click, click, click. Grammy bunch with the 40s by the ribcage. I just jab. my jacks, we want to be the slice.
like Big Dave, R.I.P. I've been buying roadies since the kid's age. A ninth one, four, five, six, top in the seven series. Well, drop top shit, I can see having clearly. Pray for me. Try to put them on the game, but they never hear me. Stoop, maybe it's Texas, the closest that you're getting near me. Shit, cause life is so ferocious that it's getting scary. And it's hard to stay focused, my eyes are getting teary. Oh, miss, what up, nigga? Diplomatic immunity. Hey, Capo, what up, man? After I fuck, all these girls want to spoil with me. Come get into with me. I'm shining like the sun, and girl, you looking like the moon. Yes, me. you are. Your man a goon, he's scared to be in the room with me. That's detrimental. I don't deal with anything that's sentimental. Had cocaine in the rent. Nothing sweet, but all my sweets are presidential. Dead presidents, I'm done with residential. What's that? What I mean, man, I bought my own zip code. Oh. Leave me alone, I go flip mode Don't care if you black with a big nose White with big toes Just how the shit goes The kid with the sick flow Jewelry, got Bruce Leroy Slash Slick Rick Glow Fuck is you, Negro Saturday, it's at 3 p.m. All right. 
So you can make sure that you sign up for that, makemorecommerce.com. Seats are only 150 for that webinar. All right, so look forward to having some people on there. We'll get some good information out. All right, so with that being said, let's get into it. Um, you know, I wanted to talk tonight about the idea of bonds and bonding and securities and things of that nature, right? And it's one of those things where, you know, we have to discuss it, um, you know, from a perspective of understanding, number one, what sovereignty is and what sovereign banks are and what sovereign entities are and who can actually do bonds and securities, okay? Now, under Rule 144A, okay, it's the exchange of private securities, okay? And, you know, when we say private, it sounds just like it means. It's private entities, private people, private is private, okay? So Rule 144A of the Exchange Commission um, basically deals with the restrictions on trades and deals with privately placed securities so that uh, investments can be traded on some type of stock exchange, stock market, okay? You have what they call qualified institutional buyers, right? Um, and these are the people who buy the securities. And securities are also known as paper, by the way. So um, these are what they call shorter holding periods, right? And sometimes they're longer holding periods. It just depends, right? And a lot of times this is where a lot of people don't understand what human capital is and things of that nature, right, and how people – become chattel, right, chattel property, um, things of that nature, right? And this is why it's important to do the things like your trust and to lean yourself up, right, um, you know, and if nothing else, authenticate your birth certificate, right? At least at least own the property that is inherent to you, okay? And everything else is kind of secondary from there. But these are privately, privately placed securities, and so – uh, the idea of of securities backed by you know people you know is a is an idea that a lot of people uh, will easily dismiss right but um, then there's the you know there's the notion and this comes from your secure party creditor community which I am not a part of but there's there's the notion that your birth certificate is worth millions and millions of dollars okay and Unfortunately, I want to tell you that that's not true. Okay, I actually want to clarify that, right? The birth certificate, especially when it's authenticated, it gives you what's known as full faith and credit, right? So stop thinking of everything in the term of a dollar, right? Everybody has credit. Everybody has uh, full faith, if you will, right? And some people get that shit taken away depending upon, you know, how they're moving and things like that. But full faith and credit it's just what it sounds like. It, it's the ability, okay, um, under under the Constitution, okay, which is which is basically you know it's a trust indenture in itself. But it's the ability for states within the United States to have, um, if you will, some type of uh, recognition, right, of the public acts, the records. Uh, the judicial proceedings, um, you know, the acts of Congress, okay, the treaties, the constitutions, if you will, right? But it's the ability 
for credit to be given to all of those things. So before, and I'll, I'll, I'll pull it up here so, so that we can have a full uh, preview of it, but it's the understanding that the Constitution focuses on creating the federal government, right? But it defines, okay, what they call um, checks and balances, right? So understanding that check, there are checks and balances in place, so this way, as a as a, a, a giver, if you will, right, to allow public officials to do their duties, you are given in exchange some form of full faith and credit. Right? This is why it's given to institutions, it's given to organizations like banks, it's even given to people. Okay? There's your full faith and credit. Now, one of the things that people don't talk about a lot is the fact that there's a, there's a term called ABS, and ABS is, it is with asset-backed security. So asset-backed security is a type of a financial instrument, and it's collateralized under a pool of assets. Okay, so the birth certificate ideally is thought to be an asset-backed security, right? But what people fail to realize is that, yeah, they're, they're somewhere down that rabbit hole. You can you know, you can cash out somewhere, right? But the birth certificate, right off the bat, is a security. It's a bond. It's an agreement. Right? Hell, it's even put on bond paper. But one of the things about it, right, is that it is an asset-backed security. So it's been pulled with a whole bunch of other birth certificates, right, in order to help create things like treasury bonds and things of that nature right, on an international level which then on a national level gives the people who gave the credit full faith and credit, right? So you are the creditor, okay? So um, when we deal with asset-backed securities, right, these are usually assets that generate some type of cash from the flow of a debt, right, such as a loan, leases, uh, credit card balances, receivables, right? So this takes the form of a bond or a note. And then... It pays the income at some type of fixed rate or a set amount of time until there's maturity. So when you see when you see people who who actually end up getting locked up and things like that, those are also what they call bonds. That's why they have a, a maturity date or a release date, okay? Things of that nature. So when we're dealing with things like this, right, and specifically when you're dealing with securities, it's important to understand what you're getting into, right, before you start trying to uh, you know, cash or birth certificate in and think that you're going to get millions of dollars off of something, right? Because you have to realize, number one, you didn't create that security, okay? So asset-backed securities essentially allow issuers to raise cash, right? They can be used for lending, investment purposes, whatever it is. So the underlying asset of an asset-backed security is generally something that's illiquid. Right, means that it can't be sold on its own. So they pull it together, right? And they create a process called securitization. So securitization comes in. It allows the issuer to make illiquid assets marketable to investors. Okay? So it allows them to get shakier assets off their books, thus alleviating a credit risk. Right? This is why AAA credit is so important. I Myself, I got AAA. 
got triple A credit and I got triple A uh, insurance, right? <laughs> so the underlying asset of these pools, right, can be uh, home equity loans, they can be your automobile loans, they can be your credit card receivables, they can be your student loans, excuse me, or some type of expected cash flow, right? So anybody that issues an asset-backed security generally, right, can be as a uh, creative desire, right, and a desire to do something. So, for, for example, right, asset-backed securities have uh, they've been used for movie revenues, uh, uh, music royalty payments, uh, uh, landing strips for aircrafts, your bridges, okay? If you live in Florida, they got tolls everywhere, okay? Uh, they can be used for... Um, solar projects they can be used to create the roads they can be used to do stuff in the community right so asset-backed securities can be used for all types of stuff and they're used every day right and i want you to think of this uh in the form of the general obligation bond right so and the general obligation bond pretty interesting thing right because these are collateralized loan obligations right so you may ask well, well what does that mean well, it means that a state or something that would be considered some type of sovereign entity, right, has the ability uh, to create a taxing power, okay? So the taxing power essentially allows for this particular entity to issue things like parking tickets. Um, they can issue things like, um, uh, uh, you know, rich saying that you got to pay insurance or register your car, any of that type of stuff, right? And as a result of you paying for those services from that particular entity, right, the general obligation bond has been paid off, okay? So when we're talking about, and, and I'm, you know, my, my point on this tonight is so that you guys can have a better understanding of the fact that when you're dealing in this realm, right, um, of of instruments and writing promissory notes and stuff like that, you still got regulations that you got to deal with. You still got uh, rules that you got to follow, right? The UCC is important. If you, you know, if he was on uh, Jonas' webinar that he did last week, I think it was about a week or two ago, right? It was last week, yeah. If he was on that webinar, then, then you would understand the whole purpose of the promissory note, right? So um, anybody that invests, right, typically in, in what we call ABS or uh, asset-backed securities, right? There's a wide variety of generating assets that can be made, right? And so um, stuff is done on the public side and the private side. So this is why you can invest in stuff like municipal bonds, right? You can even invest in, in uh, private bonds, okay? All of this stuff creates some type of security. So when we talk about uh, securitization, right, of of assets, one of the biggest assets that the United States holds are what they call mortgage-backed securities, okay, and collateralized debt obligations that can be considered as asset-backed securities, okay? Now, when they pull these securities together, right, typically – um, this, this creates the securitization and it allows them to be able to take it into a market and go a little bit bigger. Now, it's generally accepted that an asset-backed security market uh, first began with computer transactions and 
you know, small companies and stuff like that, right? But it, typically it grew over time, right? And it's a way to be able to create money out of thin air when there is no money, right? So it's actually a pretty cool um, scenario how it works, okay? Now, usually an asset back security will have three tranches, right? We call them class A's, class B's, or class C's. So a senior tranche, A, is almost always the largest tranche, and it's structured to have an investment-grade rating to make it attractive, right? So investment-grade ratings basically say, hey, listen, um, you know, this is grade A paper. So when you hear that term grade A, right, it's typically what it refers to, okay? And for those who don't know what a tranche is, a tranche typically is where, and I'll just take it from the example of, you know, we were talking about a municipality or something of that nature. The, the municipality might borrow something like $30 million, right? So out of the $30 million, the first tranche might release $8 million, right? So they release it over time. It's not all released at once, okay? So these are how typically how asset-backed securities work, okay? Now, securitization is a process in which financial assets are sold to what they call an SPV or a special purpose vehicle from the originator of the asset. So assets are securitized primarily in the form of loans and leases. So you could think of your know, student loan as an asset, maybe not to you, but to the person who loans you the money to go to school. So remember, they never actually really give you the money. Your school gets the money, right? Or they, they get the credit, which they collateralize, okay? And they use it against their own books. And then you can apply some of that money to your account balance and whatever's left they normally give you out of a reserve fund, right? So the use of, of, a, of a special purpose vehicle, right? It deals with receivables, financial obligations, um, you know, utilities, whatever you want to call it. So a special purpose vehicle and securitization is a critical step because the assets are normally they normally are isolated, right? And when they're isolated, normally this is um this keeps stuff like bankruptcy from happening. Right? When we talk about isolation. Okay. So a majority of the asset backed securities that are sold have what we call the AAA rating. So this is what I'm talking about when I say triple A, right? And this is what makes shit sell. Because it's got AAA ratings. Okay, see, a lot of people don't don't understand how this stuff connects to you, right? That's why you know um, people want you to have insurance and stuff like that, and it's really beneficial to own your own bank. Now, let me tell you why it's beneficial to own your own bank, because then you create your own asset-backed securities. Now, one of the things that um I think it's really interesting when we talk about full faith and credit, right? Is that uh, it's given to all authenticated entities, okay? But in order to to operate, right, in business, um, especially in a public realm, right, you have to have what's called a charter, okay? So the charter is a written instrument or a contract such as a deed or an executed deed. Right, um, in due form, right, which deals with a grant or or guarantee of rights. It deals with the franchise. It deals with the privileges of the sovereign. Okay, 
It deals with the privileges of the sovereign power, the sovereign man or woman, the sovereign state or the sovereign country. And normally a sovereign man or woman technically is considered a sovereign state. Okay, which means that that entity is supposed to control its own funds. Okay. And this this is where you get shit like credit enhancement and stuff from, all right? Now, um, if you, you know, I, I'm going to read uh, an act tonight that I found, I found it to be pretty interesting, right? But, you know, under the Constitution, right? And I'll, I'll just read it here, right? Because it talks about full faith and credit. And it says that it addresses the duties that states within the United States have respect to the public acts, the records, and the judicial proceedings of every other state. Okay. Now, hold on a second. Let me... All right, there we go. Sorry, I have to turn the music down a little bit. Um, so it deals with the full faith and credit clause. It deals with the proceedings of the state. So according to the Supreme Court, there's a difference between the credit that's owed to laws, right, um, i.e. the legislative measures, common law, as compared to the credit owed to judgments. So judgments are generally entitled to a greater respect than the laws in other states. So at present, right, um, it's widely agreed that this clause of the Constitution has a minimal impact on the court's choice of law, provided that no state sovereignty is infringed on. You see, so you can't infringe on the sovereignty of any entity, okay, uh, when using the full faith and credit clause. Okay. Now, what's really, really you know, interesting to me is how when we talk about Sovereign things like this People don't understand that there are other types of Sovereigns you have sovereign loans you have um, Debt Means right which are Basically incurred by governments Okay you have uh, Bonds that are issued In uh, foreign currencies And then they're sold to Sovereign investors Okay so a sovereign loan is a loan That's made by a financial institution Or a government Often to a an emerging nation, right? Okay, so understand that the United States is always dealing with loans and bonds and, you know, sovereign loans. I want you to think of it like this. Every time that you took out a PPP, you were taking out a loan from a sovereign entity, right? And this is why you have to be really careful about how you intermingle and mix and do certain things, right? I I don't, I, you know, I mean, if you want to take a loan out from the government, that's completely your choice. There's nothing wrong with that, right? Um, but there are other ways that you can contract with the government, right, to meet your means. You understand? You, I mean, you can, they have plenty of grant programs, right? They got plenty of programs for uh, LLCs, unincorporated, uh, uh, religious organizations, you name it, right, where, you know, they're giving out money, right, on a grant basis. And then you have uh, certain parts of it where they're giving out sovereign money in the form of what? Form of contracts. So then they say, okay, well, not everybody wants to be up under our shit, so why don't we just contract with people, right? And it's a smart way to go when you're dealing with the government, right? And a lot of people don't understand what contracting really is, okay? And if you, you know, if you, you know, take some time and, and dig into contracts, I would definitely advise that you do that so you can get a better understanding of how contracts apply to the whole idea 
of asset-backed securities, all right? Because that's all it is. The birth certificate, that's a, a, really all it is. It's a security. It's a contract. It's an agreement, right? You just became party to it. And then you got thrown in the pool, the old swimming pool, right? So, see, a sovereign debt or a sovereign loan is not owned by a country citizen, but it's owned by the government, you see? So it's not considered a national debt, and the money that is obtained is at the discretion of the borrowing government. This is why the government gives you full faith and credit. Okay. Now we're gonna take a real quick break because I need to get me some water. Um, if you want to holler at me, call lines are open. All right, we got a little bit more left, and I'll keep dropping it. I'll get to my point today, but hopefully y'all are understanding that when you're dealing with bonds and securities and security agreements and things like that, promissory notes, right? Everything has to be collateralized and securitized. So yeah, you can write me or you can write a promissory note all day long, but who's going to securitize it? And it's got to be based on what? The fact that you don't infringe on the sovereign's rights. Okay. What up? Peace to the gods. Um, peace to everybody in the chat. All right. So I'm going to take a real quick break. We're going to uh, keep diving into this. Asset-backed securities, man. That's what it's about, right? You know, and, you know, understand what I'm talking about tonight. It's not something that you can't find out about, right? It's not illegal or unlawful, right? It's, it, it's completely within the realm of what's done in everyday banking. Every time you take a dollar to the bank, and you deposit it in the bank, you deposited some form of a security into the bank or an obligation to the bank. The bank collateralized it. They used that particular debt to increase their own financial wealth, right? And then they give you a little percentage off of it, okay? Because banks got AAA ratings and stuff like that, right? So they're glad to take your money to open up an account. That account means money for them, right? And this is what I'm saying. You, you know, I, I'm not in the business of fucking with other people's money. I'm in the business of, of making money, right, with my own money, right, and growing. And, and that's, that's generally how commerce works, right? Now, banks are in the business of making money off their own money and other people's money. But if you're going to be a bank, if you're going to operate like a sovereign bank, right, then you must know the rules. All right? So we'll be right back. Take a quick break and uh, call lines wide open. Press one if you want to holler at me. Peace to the gods.
I'm sorry. But I don't want to be a, an emperor. That's not my business. I don't want to rule or conquer anyone. I should like to help everyone if possible. Jew, Gentile, black man, white. We all want to help one another. Human beings are like that. We want to live by each other's happiness, not by each other's misery. We don't want to hate and despise one another. In this world, there's room for everyone, and the good earth is rich and can provide for everyone. The way of life can be free and beautiful, but we have lost the way. Greed has poisoned men's souls, has barricaded the world with hate, has goose-stepped us into misery and bloodshed. We have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. Our knowledge has made us cynical, our cleverness hard and unkind. We think too much, we feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. More than cleverness, we need kindness and gentleness. Without these qualities, life will be violent, and all will be lost. The aeroplane and the radio have brought us closer together. The very nature of these inventions cries out for the goodness in men, cries out for universal brotherhood, for the unity of us all. Even now, my voice is reaching millions throughout the world, millions of despairing men, women, and little children, victims of a system that makes men torture and imprison innocent people. For those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass and dictators die, and the power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. Soldiers, don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, and what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men, with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You are men. You have the love of humanity in your hearts. You don't hate, only the unloved hate. The unloved and the unnatural. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power. The power to create machines, the power to create happiness. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Then in the name of democracy, let us use that power. Let us all unite. Let us fight for a new world, a decent world that will give men a chance to work, that will give youth a future and old age a security. By the promise of these things, brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. Now let us fight to fulfill that promise. Let us fight to free the world, to do away with national barriers, to do away with greed, with hate and intolerance. Let us fight for a world of reason, a world where science and progress will lead to all men's happiness. Soldiers, in the name of democracy, let us all unite! Alright, alright, peace to the gods, we back. Alright, peace to guys. We back. If you're just now joining us, make sure you press the number one if you want to get in. Got a webinar coming up uh, next month. If you want to get in, we're going to be going over 
uh, constitutional challenges in the court process or uh, how to work your way through that uh, if you're dealing with that issue. All right. Um, it's a private webinar. It's on uh, May the 22nd. Webinar price is 150 You can register to makemorecommerce.com. Uh, if you you have to become a member, all right, to register, all right, it's part of how we do things over there. Um, but we welcome you to come join us and come get some of that information. I right, expect it to be about a two-hour webinar. All right, documents are included. All right, so uh, let's get back to what we're talking about tonight, right? And I want to bring a few things to your attention before I open the call lines up, right? Um, so. When we're talking about securities and uh, bonds and things like that, I want you to remember that your student loans, right, are are asset-backed securities, right? And, you know, one of the things that we talk about here is the credit enhancement of it, right? AAA credit and having having AA credit, and, and they do what's called credit default swaps, right? So a lot of times, um, you know, they will, they'll swap credit. Right, and I, I've, I've seen this happen. I, matter of fact, I, you know, I actually reported my own birth certificate being stolen at one point in time. Um, you know, and it was swapped out, and I couldn't figure out why. Well, now I have a better understanding of why, right? And you know, but believe me, you know, I, it was some bullshit, and I had to go get my shit, you know, get my shit right, right, and fix all of that, right? But you cannot credit default swap uh, without somebody's express consent. Okay, you, it's illegal to do that shit. It's unlawful, right? Um, and this is why, you know, I'm always, you know, I'm, I'm be the guy who's gonna tell you, you know, stay on the right side of shit, right? Um, because it's not worth, it's not worth the problems that you could have in the long run, right? I mean, you know, there's a ton of rules to this thing. If you stay on the right course and the right track with this information, right, you can be successful with it. Right, you can you can deal with credit and credit rating and uh, securities and all of that. Right. Um, now, one of the oldest and most active securitization methods, right, is the auto loan. Okay. Um, so when we talk about asset-backed securities, right. Um, the market primarily based on auto loans, right? What they call prime quality borrowers, right? So prime quality borrowers are people with good credit, right? Who come in and borrow some money and they get an auto loan, okay? So bank lenders deal with finance companies. They deal with uh, what they call subprime lenders. So when you're dealing with mortgages, it's the same thing, right? Subprime mortgage lenders and all that, right? So the auto finance sector, right? They deal with a lot of consolidation. So the moment you buy a car, technically the car is already paid off. Okay. Now, um, I'm going to just give you a couple of different things here, right? So your student loans uh, are asset-backed securities, right? They became the largest individual sector of the asset-backed security market in the fourth quarter, 2010. They had $248 billion. Right? So the amount is compared with uh, 127 billion for auto loans, right? So you, you can get the idea of how many more people are taking out loans for for school versus by buying a car, right? So the student loan sector saw the issuance decline during the financial crisis, but the total amount outstanding basically 
stabilize the, you know, what they call the rates, right? So a lot of people are taking out student loans. So student loans are assets, and they're backed by securities, which is a promissory note that was securitized, you see? So anytime that you want to create a security or a promissory note, it has to be securitized. Both people got to sign it, right, in wedding in front of a notary. Okay. And then it can be collateralized at a later point in time if that's needed, right? But most of them hold it and they put interest on it, okay? So you got, you know, federal loans or the FELP loans, right, the, the federal the federal guaranteed loans, right? And those are originated by the lender, which could be a bank or insurance company or a state agency, okay, or not-for-profit, believe it or not. Okay, so these are government-guaranteed student loans. So even your, your Stafford loans and your PLUS loans, right, those are all essentially what they call um, subsidized, right, or consolidated loans, okay? So a student status, right, and the school repayment life cycle is key in determining um, the the loan of the asset-backed security, right? So if you tell them, all right, I'm going to go to grad school, they say, okay, well, we're going to give you 10000 a semester. You're going to go to grad school for three years, right? So typically it's going to be about sixty grand, right? And then they'll pack a little interest on it. So that's where your government guarantees student loans come from. Then you have the private student loans, right? So the federal government has replaced a lot of loans with direct lending from the government. So this is where, I don't know if y'all remember, like Sally May, um, you know, and Freddie Mac and all of them student loan people who was giving out, even Chase, people who was giving out student loans, a lot of them were operating in the asset-backed security market, right? That's why they was giving out loans with no problem, right? Because they saw it as a good investment, right? So whether you finish school or not, the investment was already made. They made the investment in you. They gave you the security, Okay. And then, you know, your hinges are bet on let me find a good job when I come out of school. And hopefully all this shit gets paid off, right? They like, well, it don't matter to us. We're going to get paid regardless because they did securitization, which is a process where the cash flows from the financial interest and the principal, right? And then it's used to pay back payments on securities that are sold to the investors. So you technically are investing when you go to school. Right, in your own security. Okay. So then you have assets, right? So the assets are, um, you know, essentially securitized, which are primarily loans and leases. So the loan is technically considered an asset, which they securitize, right? But there are receivables, you have financial obligations, you got account receivables, you got utility charges, like I talked about before. Right, all of that shit, okay? So securitizations are usually structured as bankruptcy remote vehicles is what they call them, right? And these isolate the assets from a potential bankruptcy, right, for the originator. So basically, when you see them write shit off, they wrote the shit off because they went into bankruptcy, <laughs> right? Or they sold it to a, to, to, to a junk buyer so they wouldn't have to go into bankruptcy. You understand? So credit enhancement in the form of uh, over-collateralization, as they call it, is an excess spread of, of basically reserve accounts, right, which 
which may be used for a combination of multiple things, right? They can protect investors, um, do write-downs on the bonds, all that type of stuff, right? Your credit cards, remember, your credit cards are also um, securitized, right? It's where you get your secured cards from, and, you know, and unsecured cards, right? Both forms of them, technically, when you put money in, a, in an account, right, if, if, if it's not, um, if it's secured, Right, or let's just say you put some money on a card, right, and they give you a five hundred dollar balance, but that's based on your own credit. See, that's why they let you allow you to build credit. Okay. All right. So, um, I mean, there's there's a lot to this. I mean, you're gonna get through all of this in one show, but I just wanted to to go through some of these things for y'all. Now, when we talk about uh, servicers and debt services and stuff like that it's important to know that a lot of stuff is done under the trustee okay um and it deals with you know so trust law in most countries right it basically compels a copy of a deed of trust to be delivered to the beneficiaries so right um, i have a deed of trust for my own trust because i'm beneficiary right so I mean, i'm going to receive that money and i'm also going to be a trustee Right, and if you look at the duties, as long as there's more than one, you can fulfill those roles. So, a standard clause that brings the trust into existence is the trustee. So, unlike a corporation, the trust is not an entity; it is simply the trust that is um, reposed, as they, as you say, in respect to the property that's being held by the trustee. So you ask yourself, well, what property is being held by the trustee? All right. So a lot of times that could be a security. It could be some type of collateral obligation, right? But if it's not securitized, then most times it's worth nothing. Now, as in the case of receivables, right, when we talk about property, okay, very carefully the definition of uh, property, right, is required for trust property. So you need to know what property is when we talk about trust property. So see, trust property is the subject matter of the trust. So essentially, the trust property will consist of the receivables that are transferred by way of a sale, right? The benefits that arise out of the collateral agreement, right? The credit enhancement, the, the reinvestment of the cash flow that arises, and then it deals with... Um, uh, accreditation, right? Which, which basically, you know, is where your AAA and all that shit comes from. So, in addition to physical property that's acquired by foreclosure, this is where your security agreements come in. This is why it's important to have security agreements. So, see, that's why I tell people you got to take your time with a lot of this shit because there's so many layers to this. And when you're dealing with banking, right, banking on the public side or private side, right, and you're dealing with instruments, you need to know what you're doing. Now, trust property can include, just so y'all know, it can include the initial corpus of the trust. It can include any amount that's paid by the beneficiaries for acquisition of a beneficial interest in the trust to the extent that the same has not been invested in acquiring receivables, okay, which means that, you know, if you're a beneficiary, right, okay, there has to be some type of beneficial interest. So think of your birth certificate, right? Um, think of your cars. Hell, think of your credit cards. 
So then there's the receivables that are listed in the schedule, right, to the pulling service agreement. When we're talking about, um, you know, trust and deeds of trust, you need to have some type of receivables that are listed in the pulling agreement or the service agreement. Okay, there's got to be what they call a cutoff date. Okay. Then there's the physical asset or interest therein where other assets are acquired as a result of enforcement of a security interest, which are created in respect of the receivables. Okay. So think about your birth certificate again. The United States gives you full faith and credit. So as a beneficiary, right, of what they call the suffocating trust, okay, you're giving full faith and credit to move around. Right. So um, just understanding that. You know, you should understand that you know, when people are trying to pull down money and they're trying to do a treasury direct account and all this shit, a lot of times it doesn't work for you because you're not understanding that this system is not based on money. It's based on credit. The Federal Federal Reserve notes is 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 is, is just a supplement for that, right? They, that's why they created a credit system. Why do you think people will be doing that old Rob Peter to pay Paul? They'll take one credit card and pay off another credit card. It's a credit-based system. I've seen people do it over and over. Okay. Um, so any amount lying in or deposited in any of the accounts in which payments to the trust are to be made or from the payments to the beneficiaries are to be made are supposed to be put in your deed of trust. Any insurance policies with respect to the origination or the agreements are supposed to be signed by all parties in front of a notary and put into the deed of trust. Okay. And you have all proceeds of the actual conversion, uh, the voluntary or the involuntary of any of the foregoing into cash for liquid property. You see, so don't think when you signed a student loan, they didn't put that into some form of a trust or into the deed of trust. Okay. And then there's the issuance of certificates. So the trustee in any trust, right, will oblige himself to issue certificates that evidence the beneficial interest to the investors. So like, for instance, um, I've issued certificates to myself and my trustees within my trust, right, which evidence some type of beneficial interest, okay? So most likely, there will be various classes of certificates, each having well-defined rights. So the right of the various classes to trust property and then to the payments by the trust that can be set up in the clauses that deal with your rights um, and the certificate holder's rights. Okay, so the clause normally provides that the issue um, of the actual certificates themselves, right, the trustee certificates are under the hands of each trustee and should be deemed to be the evidence of the beneficial interest of the holder. So who is the holder in due course? So when you have your birth certificate, your authenticated birth certificate, who's the holder of that thing? Why do you think you're supposed to do an authenticated birth certificate? Okay. So any provision that relates to any depository for certificates, for issuance of uh, transfer of a certificate, the maintenance uh, of a registered certificate holder, the issue of duplicate certificates, the transmission of certificates, all of these got to be provided for where? In your deed of trust. Okay. So when we talk about cash flow, cash flow is in there too. Okay. The duties of the trustee. Okay. That's got to be set out in there too, right? Which uh, indemnites of the trustee. Okay, so normally when we talk about securitization and you talk about bonds, securitization transactions are serviced 
by independent trustees who are paid a trusteeship fee for acting in that particular uh, space. Okay, so the trustee does not assume any liability for the payments due to the investors except on the account of gross negligence. So trust law under uh, Anglo-Saxon jurisdictions right, um, has existed for as long as you can count, right? But it's much older than the concept of a corporation. So trustees' duties are elaborately set out in trust law. Most of these hold basic securitization laws as well, right? So your trustees' uh, duties are always going to be within the documentation for securitization. Okay. So some, this is why it's so important to understand what trust law is. Okay, because when you're dealing with pass-through certificates and all of these type of things, and, and I, if you need, you know, if you need help with some of this stuff, you can always reach out to me. I'm willing to help people. Um, but I mean, this is this is technical shit, and it's really not stuff that if you don't understand it, you shouldn't just dive right into it. Right, take your time with this stuff. Understand it. Understand what the ramifications are when you're dealing with operational issues and securitization. This is. It's just what it is. It's an operational risk <laughs> in securitization transactions. Okay, you know, um, and a lot of times people don't want to take those risks, so you got to take your time with this shit. All right, now the full faith and credit clause is one thing, but then there's the full faith and credit act, right? And uh, this is, you know, like I said, anytime you're dealing with discharging debt, right? The birth certificate is under full faith and credit, okay? So the government has an obligation to pay debt down. So, um, and, I'll, and I'll just read a little bit of this too, right? And so this is a congressional record. It was done under the 113th Congress, okay? And, and this is how it reads. It says that the Committee on Ways and Means, to whom was referred the bill, to require that the government prioritize all obligations on the debt held by the public in the event that the debt limit is reached, having considered the same report favorably thereon with an amendment to recommend that the bill as amended pass. So in general, in the event that the debt of the United States government, as defined in Section 3101 of Title 31 of the United States Code, reaches the statutory limit, the Secretary of Treasury shall, in addition to any other authority provided by law, issue obligations under Chapter 31 of Title 31. Okay, so when they talk about obligations, they're talking about debt obligations. So the United States Code, right, um, is is put in place for that reason, right? And this deals to pay with legal tender um, and solely for the purpose of paying the principal and the interest on obligations of the United States described in subsection B. So obligations described for the purpose of this subsection, obligations described in this subsection are obligations which are, one, held by the public, or two, held by the old age and survivors insurance trust fund and disability trust fund. So, see, they got a they got a they got a uh, trust set up, right? So you got the public trust, and then you have a survivors insurance trust. So they're doing everything under insurance, right? Now, obligations exempt from public debt limit obligations issued under subsection A shall not be taken into account in applying the limitation in section 3101 of the United States Code. In general, after the date of the enactment of this act, the Secretary of the Treasury exercises his authority under subsection A 
the secretary shall thereafter submit a report each week providing an accounting related to uh, the principal on mature obligations and interest that is due or accrued. So see you in the United States is accruing interest. Okay, on the on the debt clock, okay, or obligations that are issued pursuant to subsection A. Okay. So the purpose of this particular record, right, um, says that an order reported by the committee on ways and means to require the Secretary of the Department of Treasury to issue new debt when the statutory debt is reached to pay the principal and the interest on debt held by the public and to provide Treasury access to Social Security trust funds, notwithstanding the debt, the debt limit. In addition, the legislation requires the Secretary to submit to Congress a weekly accounting of the principal on mature obligations and interest that is due, crude, and any obligations issued pursuant to the new authority. So the consequences of the United States government failing to make timely and complete payment on Treasury debt, that is, a default, could be severe. A default could push the country back into a recession, which would worsen our debt problem, hinder an already stagnant economic recovery, and threaten our ability to make any payment we owe. The legislation removes the risk of default by providing a mechanism to ensure that principal and interest on debt obligations are paid. Furthermore, it defines the interest so Treasury can and must make the interest payments necessary to ensure that Social Security benefits can be paid in full. Okay? So the present law, the Constitution, grants Congress's sole authority over fiscal powers to tax, spend, and borrow. So... um, Congress has the power to lay and collect taxes, duties, imposts, and excises to pay the debts that provide for the common defense and welfare of the United States, basically to borrow money on credit of the United States. Okay, So con- Congress exercises its borrowing authority by placing restrictions on public debt. Until World War One, Congress typically um, – Authorized limited amounts of debt with defined maturity and redemption terms. So for specific projects, right? So upon America's entry into World War One, Congress passed the Second Liberty Bond Act of 1917. I suggest I take a look at that, right? which is to ensure liquidity necessary to meet obligations as presented. So the Act delegated control over day-to-day borrowing activities, subject to various limitations on the executive branch. So in 1939. Congress enacted legislation creating the first aggregate debt limit, which was then $45 billion, which we know we way past that now. Okay, um, I mean, this is a pretty long congressional record, but you need to take a look at all the earmarks in here, take a look at, um, you know, different programs, right, and what they put into this. This is congressional record, uh, Full Faith and Credit Act. It was uh, 113th Congress, first session, okay? And, I mean, it's important to understand this because in this 113 through 148, right, so you can see how the United States is even using its so-called debt obligations, right, to ensure, you know, that it can pay off its own debt when some shit happens, right? And they use insurance and insurance companies and, you know, they think of it like whole life insurance. The United States uses whole life insurance, right? So you start talking about private banking. Right. One of the main things that people talk about with private banking is whole life insurance, how a whole life insurance policy allows you to be your own banker, right? So you can do, um, you know, you can do banking, right? You can have indemnification. You can create securities. You can do asset-backed transactions, all that good stuff, all right? 
So it's a lot of information here. I'm going to take this into next week because, uh, like I said, this, you know, sometimes this shit can be overwhelming. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and uh, I'll open up the call lines. If you want to highlight me, press 1. You can get in on the conversation. Go to makemorecommerce.com if you need to get a consultation with me. We'll be right back. Yeah. Come experience life as we know it. As some of you should know it. Yeah, yeah. Place, Marcy, Brooklyn. Action. Well, y'all know the action. I got the shorty on my block, always clocking my rocks. He likes the style of profile, I think he won the mock. He likes the way I walk, he see my money talking. Now honey talking, I'm the hottest nigga in New York. And I see his hunger pains, I know his blood boils. He wanna run with me, I know this kid to be loyal. I watched him make a few wins, the cop his little sneakers and gear. Then it's just enough for re-up again. I see myself in his eyes, I move from Levi's to guess the Versace. Now it's diamonds like Liberace, that's just a natural cycle. Nobody wanna be like like Michael, where I'm from, just some niggas who bounce from a gun. We out here trying to make our white into cold green. I could help shorty blow out like Afro Sheen. Plus, I could relive my days of you, which is gone. That little nigga's peak, it's time to put him on. Come on. Hope I don't wake up in my crown. Got to lock it down and when they run, in my crown. It's time to come on. Pick up my chest and make some loot. Got to lock it down and when they run, it's time to come on. I'm out here slinging, bringing the drama. Trying to come up in the game and add a couple of dollars to my name, I'm out here serving, disturbing the peace, life could be better like my man reclined in plush leather seats, and selling weight, I'm selling eight, bull 16, trying to graduate to push your quarters, y'all, I ain't gonna sweat him, I'ma let him come to me, if he give me the nod, then these niggas don't see, I'm tired of vegan out here round the clock, and breaking dates, and chasing crackers up the block for my pay, I'm staying fresh, so chickens check, I'm trying to step up to the next level, pushing vets through the jets, diamonds reflect from the sun, Directly in your equilibrium and stunned I'm waiting for my day to come I got the urge to splurge I don't want a lifetime sentence Just give me the word It's time to come up And hold my own weight up in my crown Got to lock it down and when they rush in my crown It's time to come up And stick up my chest and make some loot Got to lock it down and when they rush in on my own Fella, I've been watching you clock. Who me holding down this block? It ain't nothing. You the man, nigga. Now stop fronting. <laughs> I like your style. Nah, I like your style. Let's drive around the world. Cool, nigga. Here's a fact. A G, I ride with you for free. I want the long-term riches and bitches. Whore. Listen to me. You let them other niggas get the name. Skip the fame. Tenth hour, a hundred G. Keep your shit the same. On the low. Yeah, the only way to blow. You let your shit bubble quietly. And then you blow. Hey, keep it cool. The only way to people fool is let them show his hands. Then you play your card Then these do deal and I understand Don't blow your dough on hot The only thing I got in this world is my word and my nuts It won't break up for nobody I like your resume, pick a day, you can start From now until death, do what's part, nigga It's time to come up And hold my own weight up in my crown Got to lock it down and when they rise in my crown It's time to come up And stick up my chest and make some loot Got to lock it down and when they rise on my own It's time to come up And hold my own weight up in my crown Got to lock it down and when they rise in my crown
right, all right, we back, we back. Uh, let's go to the call lines. If you want to holler at me, press one. Uh, go to makemorecommerce.com. If you want to get with me, set up a consultation. You can pick up the child support webinar. It's available now. Uh, child support webinar was done a couple weeks ago. It does come with documents, so you can get that if you need to get your hands on that. You got some questions there. Uh, and like I said, we got a webinar coming up real soon. That's going to be on May the 22nd, which is a Saturday. All right, we're going to be going over court procedures, and we're going to be going over a constitutional challenge. So look forward to having y'all on that webinar if you want to get in the highlight. All right, uh, we'll open up the car lines now. Let's go to let's go to 757. Oh, all right, well, staying on the line no more. All right, so uh, car lines is open, man. Ain't nobody got their hands up. So if y'all want to holler at me, it's a good time. If not, y'all know I don't, don't got to stick around. Um, oh, let me make a couple other quick announcements. We're working on some upcoming seminars coming up, so I have some dates for y'all on that. All right, so y'all know when to catch those. Uh, other than that, man, go back and check out the information tonight. Right, hopefully, y'all can find some useful part two next week. Show you how to use some of these particular instruments. Right, show you some first steps to it. I know me, I like to give you the information first. Right, give you a little foundation. So uh, next week we'll do part two to the securities and bonds. All right. And I'm going to say peace to the gods. Uh, let's go to 610-427 on the line. Uh, peace to the God, my brother. Peace to the God. 610-427 on the line. Can you hear me? Yeah, peace to the God. Sorry about that. What up? Peace to the God. Peace, God. Yeah, man, dope show, man. So, the, 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 so deep, man. Definitely appreciate it. Yes. Ah, question, man. So, okay, go ahead. I can hear you now. Go ahead. Cause it's deep, man. You, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm following along with the wife. You know, with the wife. Um. Instructions and following along with the webinars, and then which and then you just dropped that tonight. That's interesting, very interesting. Yeah, well, 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 it is interesting because I mean, I, I think I think a lot of us still fail to realize that you know, I mean, the birth certificate is it, it's it's a security. That's why hell, the social security number is. is are security, right? And they give you they give you the full faith and credit to use that thing, you know, when you want to do shit like get a job and operate in commerce and shit like that. Right? You can't see the thing is is social security number was, was never yours. So technically you can't cancel it. Right? So then so then it becomes it becomes something completely different when when you say, Hey look, I'm not the number it doesn't belong to me Because which it does You know The birth certificate does It's got your name on it Social security number Is just a card As a matter of fact They tell you That the social security number Don't belong to you They tell you that on the card <laughs> Yeah they do tell you That on the card It tells like you that. that shit On the card What that birth certificate Belongs to you And that's And that's where Your your full faith and credit Really lies Right But Niggas be trying to Cash in their birth certificate I ain't cashing their shit I'm gonna use the credit 
Yeah, you keep it. Right? You keep it forever. You keep it. And you, you keep you it forever. Use it over and over. You use it over and over. That's full faith and credit. You know? And like I said, that's that's not something that's supposed to be taken away from a sovereign entity. So each each entity is supposed to retain its credit. Right? That's why I don't people be rushing to get the first picture. I've indicated they're going to get a pile of money at the end of the rainbow. It ain't even about that. It's understanding that it deals with the sovereign. Yeah, it's, it's, it's about the concept of it being mine. Yep. And, and, and exploring that and just keeping the property so that no one else can trespass on it. Like that type of aspect, right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's proper. That's proper. That's why I always say it's not. It's not really. Um, it's not a good idea to be trying to handle somebody else's birth certificate if you ain't figured out how to handle yours. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, like um, like um, you know, just like go slow, right? And just use the simple ways. Like um, you know, I I know I I sent it off a, a certified copy, black and white. Um, when I was doing a third-party debt collector um, okay. letter, you know, just to show them that I was the owner and, you know, I mean, the, the holder and um, and things like that, just to back up, you know, just to show I got full faith of credit for different things. Yeah. Or when yeah, you want to remember, use it in a court case to show that you... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because remember, they, they consider the straw man to be installed there. To, to to be in bankruptcy, so I man ain't got no money. So so the executor of the st- of of the estate, right, or the or the trustee has to step forward and be able to use that instrument. And get, again, keeping it simple, you can even, you can use yourself as the executor to start out when you when you you know just getting your stuff going. Yep. 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 Until you can find somebody suitable, right? Yeah, you can't see people fail to realize that there's people who set up a state long before they pass. People who are sick, you know, people who got mental issues, all types of people set up states. You know, hell, if you setting up a trust, that's considered basically setting up an estate. That's interesting. That's interesting. Um. Because that was where my question lied about the estate, Joey. Like, the estate, um, when you get your new number, I know you didn't, te- you weren't the one that dropped it, but I should ask. I should call Monday. I should call tomorrow. But, um, say, say it one more time. When you get the new number, I know I should ask, but, like, I just wanted to throw it out there. You know, just um, I'm going to ask Jonah. I know that, but I'm going to I'm going to just throw it out there tonight. But I'm going to ask Jonah too. Um, yo, but Joey, check it. Um, the the estate, right? The estate number. What happens to that number when you use the eight? The um, uh, sorry, the new nine eight number. You know, do you stop using that, or do you just use that too? You know what I mean? Because uh, you, well, you, you build credit up on that. Credit again. You can't build credit on a 9-8 number. So you got to ask that again. You know, like the new, the, the, okay, like so say there's another, uh, uh, like a 9-8 number that Jonah taught to get online. You know, you can just go right online and get it. 
That's not a and nightmare. And it's the trust number. It's the trust. No, well, let me let me. I try to. You're right. It is. You're right. It's a trust. You're trying to explain it. And it, it, so, so, so let's be specific on that. It's a trust, and it could be it's considered foreign number, right? depending upon. Yeah, it is a trust number, and it could be considered foreign depending on how you set it up. But you can build credit with that. Yeah, it, you can build credit with that. You can't build credit with, with a nine eight number because of, because of the type of entity that it is. Correct. That's how. Okay. That's it's how. Because I'm, of I'm where, like trying to explain. Yeah, because of where it's set up, that you can't get credit with it. See, see, the SSK trust is what the straw man is, technically, right? With the all capital letters, nine, right? So that basically signifies that there's a beneficiary of an estate that's held in trust, right? So he for who to benefit another person is, uh, as they call, in in or ceased, right? So basically, he talks about personal property. So, so when you're dealing with um, a, a, a trust that's not a nine eight trust, right? It's considered technically either a domestic trust or a foreign trust. But you can have foreign trusts that sit over here domestically that can operate credit, and it can deal with the sophisticated trust, or it can deal with the estate. So, when you see the social security trust and all of that stuff set up, that stuff is set up to be able to deal with the estate. So they already consider you to be deceased, right? Or I don't even like – I hate that word. They already consider you to be uh, uh, incapacitated, let's say that, from birth, right? Right. And when you when you have retired that number, it ain't. When, when, that, when that number is retired, any, any funds or labor units – or securities that's under that number supposed to go to who? The beneficiary. And the beneficiary, okay, is the person whose name that that shit is in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, that's, that's the, you that, stop that, using that number, ain't Yeah, if you stop, so if you stop using that number, yeah, you, you're supposed to get all of the benefits of where that where that number basically has derived its, its securities and and you know anything that's under that number, you're supposed to get all okay. the benefits of that. The benefits don't stop. Yeah. So right? what so happens to if I had an estate? All that money must come to you. So my estate number, I used. I used to. I was building credit in that before, but now I got yeah. this number. Well, well, you're supposed to keep building credit. What do I do with my estate? All right. See, right see, now, see, what if I was working under that? Well, well, see, I, that's the thing about that. They want to tax. And now I'm switching it to that number. Yeah, under the Social Security Administration, they they want to get tax under that number. See, see, I want you to look at it like this, right? The necessitated right. trust for the straw man technically already is in the state number. So the Social, the Social Security number really in all in all. And all due right is uh, is in the state number, right? And it's the state that they let you operate from birth by giving you that number, and you build credit over it. See, think about this, right? When you when they give you a social, how many people you know in the hood whose mama used a social security number to put the lights on in their night? 
or the gas. You don't even be 18 years old. Your mama uses your, your social security number for life. Okay. Oh, they can do that? I thought that was illegal and stuff. I've seen it happen. Yeah. I mean, that parent is the guardian. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen many times for people. Oh, I remember going okay. up and having friends whose parents did that shit. You know, but, I'm, but, but my, but my point is, is that there's there's nothing illegal about building credit for that for that particular entity before it's 18, before it's of the age of majority. Okay, so I don't got to switch nothing over or nothing like that. I just keep building both of them up, and that's it. You can build both of them. Yeah, you can, you can right. build both of them. I mean, I know people who've had, who've had babies, and they don't want a social for their child, so what they do is they go get an estate number for that kid. Excuse me, not estate number. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, no, that's cool. That was just that's less work. I mean, it gets, it gets a little funny, yeah. I mean, but I think that you know, if you look at it holistically from the perspective of you know that that number is tied into a trust. The social is tied into a trust. Then you got your trust, right? And that's technically why the eighty-eight thirty-two and all of that's supposed to be done. That's a nice step right there. Yeah, that's like, Yeah, like, you know, that kind of puts everything in line and lets, you know, everybody, hold up now, I did an 8832, did I? So, yeah, yeah. Hey, so on there. <laughs> yeah, they make, they make a lot of sense, you know what I'm saying? When you, when you look at, at how they got the, the system set up, you look at bonding and collateralizing, securitization, all of that's tied into those numbers. Right, which is tied in the credit. That's that's why I said. I mean, if you look at the the full faith and credit act, they give you full credit. They make you rich from birth. Everybody's trying to get rich. You're already rich. You rich on credit. You know. Then so so then the the real question is 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 how come you have to collateralize it into some gold or some silver or something like that, which you used to be able to do at one point in time, but they don't. You know, they don't make it as known that you. And go into a Federal Reserve Bank and get get gold or silver, get what they call lawful money. Mm, got to be grounded, ain't got to know how to do it from the ancient. Yeah, got to be taught yeah. by somebody. Yeah, because I mean, lawful money, you know, it exists. And my cousin asked me last week, you know, how he can get some, some silver to be sovereign. You know, I just kind of laugh. I'm like, well. That's you know that that's one aspect to be sovereign, but it ain't all that. You know. Thanks, man. That was a big one right there. That that question yeah. just could go in a lot of ways. Yeah, because I'm like sovereignty is first. Sovereignty starts in the mind, first of all, knowing who you are, and then and then it deals with you know how you how you move. You know, in terms of your your actions and things like that. You know how private you are. So I mean, it's it's very much one of those things where you just got you got to understand the rules of the game, like they say. Well, every action you do, you know, it 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 takes paperwork. It take takes work because, like, everything that you want to do, you gotta do the steps, which is either like you know. Yeah. 832, exactly. you know, minutes, 
file them, I mean, record them. And, you know, you got to do each step as for each time for everything. So, like, yeah, that's why I was asking see, that question because I wanted see, to know if see, I had to see, do even, all that stuff for Yeah, well, even, even, talking, about, even talking about these numbers. even dealing with the aspect of um, the promissory note, you know, from that aspect of it, you know, it still needs to be put into the trust. Right, it still has to be collateralized, you know, through you know, through through your security agreement. And then you still gotta get it um securitized. Right? And I mean and then truthfully, if you know, it's like it's like a student loan. I mean that's what they do with student loans. The whole process of it. You know, and, and that's why a lot of student loans really ain't no good, right? And they gotta write them off because who signed it? One party, only one party signed it. Normally, this is you signing that motherfucker in front of a student loan officer, right? The student loan officer ain't signing off on your student loan. You see what I'm saying? So that that collateralized debt obligation becomes null and void, even though it was securitized. But they make, but they gonna make money off of it because people don't know no better. And, and that's not their fault. If, if you don't know, if, if they say agents of the law, there's no excuse. There's no excuse. Yeah. Uh, as long as you can't catch them, they ain't going. They're going to keep doing it. Yeah. Well, it doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it equitable. No, no. Uh, yeah, that's like a different. That's a different subject, right? Like, make if it's if it's right or wrong, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, don't make it equitable. Well, now you you know you diving in the realm of morality and shit like that. But yeah, you know, that's when we're talking about it, yeah. But when you're talking about actually, you know, I mean, it's a credit card, right? Even exchange, fair exchange. You know, they give you a credit card. You know, what I'm saying to you, so they extend credit to you. Based on your own credit, so y'all really are giving each other credit. They just securitizing your credit for you based on that signature of yours. And right? the person you, believes that they got some. Yeah, because you're not your own bank and you're not your own insurance agency, so you don't know. <laughs> yeah. Tell tell them to lay off them blunts back there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So that's just uh-huh. you know, that's that's my take on it. It's a it's a you know it is a rather um, difficult subject for a lot of people to fully grasp because there's so much to it. But I, I guarantee you that when people begin to really dive into this and research it, it becomes more clear. You know? Well, take take me slow through it. Like take me slow for it. Like you know, bonds for dummies. I'm reading the Weiss right, and it tells you like. Issuing certificates and bonds. Now, this is simple because this is just, if you got some property, how you issue the certificates for your beneficiaries for that property, correct? Well, well yeah, simple. but I mean, that, that's, and, that's, and that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're going through the wise trust manual, right, it talks about issuing certificates. When you issue your, your, your certificates, right, they have to be issued to the beneficiaries, can even be issued to a trustee if if that's who you're issuing it to, but it needs to be issued. And then, it, and then basically, like I said, it's got to show the issuing date. It's got to show you know the collateral. It's got to show the property. It's got to show all of that, right? And and this is so this is what I'm saying, right? Like one of the things that I noticed that people was doing is they trying to bond each other up, 
right? That you can't do that. You, I mean, you, you know, listen. Yeah. The United States doesn't. The United States does it for commerce to keep the to keep the you know commerce going, but they give you access to the credit, right? So when people try to do that shit to each other, where's the credit? Where's the even exchange at? No, yeah, those are debtors. Those people don't have their own structures and things to do. They don't collateralize. They don't securitize debt. Well, that's what I'm saying, right? People don't securitize debt, but they give you something in exchange for your full faith and credit, which is some form of credit, which is really your own credit. But they're, what they're doing is they're allowing you access to your own credit. You can't, and that's what I'm saying, like, like, like uh, the whole secure party, party creditor and all that shit. Like people get it, people really get it twisted. You, you're not trying to access money. What you're really trying to get access to is credit, right? And and I understand the aspect of going into equity court and suing because then that because then you get control of the securities to put into your trust. But you can only control your own securities, not nobody else's. Right, it has to be your property to control anything. You got to do the steps involved. It got to be your property in your name. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you know what I'm saying? Look, listen, uh, equity Mm -hmm. says what should be done is, well, what should have been done is thought to have been done. So, you know, if if you created the trust, but you didn't put the security agreement there, well, in equity, it's considered that there is a security agreement between you and your trustees. Dope. So, 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 so the. I mean, you still need to do a security agreement, but the property aspect of it, it remains intact. That's why I said we start getting into these conversations. I understand that, you know, some people use this information for, you know, for whatever they use it for, but you have to stay honorable when you're doing this type of shit. That's right, and that that's right from the cheat sheet. Um, I was looking at that. I saw that. That is that. Yes, it's like the opposite in at law stuff. Like they assume you the opposite. That that equity gives you that leniency where um the other the at law uh, courts do not. Yeah, you thought, you, equity is especially you, is that something that with clean hands. Yeah, equity especially that clean hands and operating in good faith, right? And and what they say they call it they call it being a prudent person. So you got to be prudent in all your actions. It's the law. It's called the prudent person. Well, um, I I like that because like um, it, to me it's the all right. And what you're describing and what I was reading in that, that role right there, what it came to mind to me is that if you're not done with your whole process, but you're working towards getting done with your process, they're not going to hammer you for not being at the end of finish line when they see you getting through each step incrementally. Yeah. Well, and see that that's the direction that you're going. It's a marathon. Ain't no race. This shit, this shit a marathon time. for real though. Yeah, this this is a real marathon. You know, you, you you really supposed to take your time with the streets. You know, and do and do stuff correctly. That's why 
personally, I don't, I don't rush through shit. I think you, and everybody know me. No, I take my time with shit because I like shit to be done correctly. Tortoise in the hair, man. Tortoise won the race. The hair slept on the tortoise. Literally. Literally, he sleep. He, he went to sleep. And that's, that's, that's dope. Yeah, so like I said, man, it's just one of the things where this information, even this show, people got to go back and listen to what I dropped so you can get a full understanding of it, you know. And, and I'm going to do a part two to this. You know, we'll go into more stuff because, I mean, I got, dude, I got, I got a ton of information on this stuff, you know, and I've dealt with this, you know, personally, you know, on the private side. So I, I can tell you. You know, it's a it's a dirty game you get out there, you know, and people think that, you know, they're going to uh, get some money on an international level. But the best way to go about that is to not put yourself in, in, in the pool. You know, fund an organization, create a bank if you want to get into securities, you know. Create your own bank. I mean, you can fund your own stuff, you know. You know, and you can securitize your own paper and stuff like that. There's different types of banks. You got commercial banks. You got private banks. So there's ways to go about doing this. Yeah, but you got to have to do take your time. Got to do. Yeah, you got to do stuff. uh, You know, in honor. You know, and be stand up about it because you know this this rule one forty four a right. Is is a uh, and I'll put it up here. But Rule one forty four A is uh, is one of the the staples of what we're dealing with, um, specifically because of the fact that it deals with the issuance of private securities. Right. So I mean, you know, you want to talk about you know issuing securities and dealing with your own your own property. You got to deal with one one forty four A. And that's where the private banking and all that comes in at. The private security selling them in between between private parties, between yourselves. Yeah. And your yep. private contracts. Yeah, exactly. Just simple things between each other. You know, I'm going to mow your lawn, man, for, uh, you know, $300. You're going to give me $300 a month to mow your lawn. <laughs> That's an obligation. I mean, so so here's the thing, right? Yeah. So so 144A, um, person's deemed. Okay, let me put it up here, right? Let's just say. All right. So so rule, rule 144 provides for an exemption and permits the public resale of restricted. Uh, oh, hold on a second. That's that's the wrong one. I mean, let me let me pull up. 144A. Okay. All right. So 144A is a safe harbor exemption from the registration requirements of Section 5 of the Securities Act for certain offers and sales qualifying securities by certain persons other than the issuer of securities. It deals with private resale of securities to institutions. So it says the section relates solely to the application of Section 5 of the Act. Attempted compliance with this section does not act 
as exclusive for any seller here under. Um, and then, I mean, if you if you read it, the whole thing deals with selling privately, right? But any insurance company, basically, right? Any of the following entities acting for its own account or accounts of other qualified institutional buyers that is an aggregate owns and invests on a discretionary basis at least $100 million in securities of issuers that are not affiliated with the entity. Okay, an investment company, a small business investment company, um, any plan or maintained by a state or established, um, political subdivisions, okay, instrumentalities of the state or its political subdivisions. See, now, when we talk about political subdivisions, that's also known as bodies politics. That also deals with with trust, it deals with tribes, it deals with all of that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. So then that's why I mad when I started to try. You know? Because I, see, I understand how this shit works, right? And I get it. I've been, believe it or not, I've been dealing with that shit. Like, motherfuckers who, and I'm not, I'm not ashamed to say it, motherfuckers scammed me out of money. Right? A couple years ago. I lost money two, three times. Right? Because because mm-hmm. I put my faith in, in the wrong people, thinking that I was going to get to a bag. Realizing now, okay, a lot of this can be done on your own, through your own trust, right? You don't have to deal with people who, who are going to be scamming you because all the rules are laid out. You just create your own financial institution or operate into a body politic. Why do you think um, Jewish people have their own police departments and their own fire departments? And their own communities in certain parts of New York, right? Their body politics. So with being a body politic, means they can do municipal bonds. They can do their own bonds. These agencies, you know, though, are there to be the, the middlemen, though, right? The fiduciaries to see those um to, to see those things through, correct? Who? Oh. These agencies. Oh. They're they're there, and um, I was th- I, well, I thought you read a little. That's why. That's why you got regulatory agencies to make sure that niggas ain't ain't out here fucking up, right? Well, well, not that. Everybody, I mean, say in a perfect world, nobody was out here fucking up, and everybody was on the up and up. And those well, agencies are out there to see those things through, correct? Absolutely, in a perfect world, absolutely. Right. That's, I mean, that's, those are the ones that have the. Any so so for instance, anything that, that I personally right would have invested in, right, uh, was done under yeah. 144A on the private side, right. But if you don't know all yeah. the rules of the private side, and you don't know everybody and, and the, the people that you invested with don't know the rules of the private side, right, then you can right. easily lose an investment, right. And and then the paper that the paper never gets created. So this is why there's rules to creating paper. It's a pretty strategic guy. Yeah. Yeah. But it's well worth it. It's well worth it when you take it. It's well worth it when you take time to study it. You know, and, and, you know, I would even recommend to some people, you know, if you're still in the public, you might want to get a securities license if you don't plan to go private. You know, you, there's nothing wrong with getting a securities license, you know, because then, because then you are, um, you know, you, you have the ability to deal with security. So do you get a series a series six, series seven license? Right? Um, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think series six deals with like uh life insurance and other type of insurance and the series seven deals with the actual securities. Wow. 
Okay. Boy, this is expensive. Definitely expensive. Yeah. Like I said, next week we'll dive into it, man, and uh, you know, keep and keep digging on it. You know, it's you know, it's, it's just education. You know. Okay. So you said that to read the um, so you were saying to read the the congressional records, Joey? Yeah, read, read the read congressional records. Full Faith and Credit Act. That's the Full Faith and Credit Act. So you got the Full Faith and Credit Clause under the Constitution. And then you have the congressional record that was done, the Full Faith and Credit Act. Okay. Which I would recommend that people take time to read. And that's uh, All right. It's uh, House Resolution uh, 807, uh, Session 1, uh, 113th Congress. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, I, Joe, I got one quick question for you, and then I'm gonna let you go. Yeah. All right. So, like, you know, when you um on your on our trusts, when you get the foreign trustee involved, um, did you did you? Oh, Joey, your trust was a little different. I got somebody else as my trustee that started out, and then I got my foreign trustee. What happens to your original trustee that starts out? Do they still stay a trustee, or do you put them, you know? Well, it, 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 that's up to you. That's why you have a trust protector. The trust protector deals with that. So, if you want to get rid of that person, you can do that in the trust protect and in the, in the um, you can do that in the actual situs uh, uh, of the trust. Like you can change it, or you can leave that person the same. You know, it's up to you. You can leave them the same, and it's um, it's still lawful. Cause I was trying to find that in the laws. I was looking at it, of course, and I was trying. I didn't, it didn't really like. Okay, you just keep them there, and then you got your farm, and then you got it. It's complete yeah. now. Well, as long as they are prudent trustees, and prudent, prudent ones again goes back to them doing all of the duties and shit like that. So if they're not, you fire their ass and you put it into the trust. I've had to fire a trustee before. Yeah, okay. You know. So, I mean, if it needs to be done, you, okay. you do it. Now, obviously, right. you know, you, you know I mean, it depends on, you know, if you ain't paying them that much money, they ain't doing that much stuff, it ain't that big of a deal to fire them and get rid of them. You know, but, you know, cause, and you can keep them at $10 a month to, to, to pay the light bill, you know what I'm saying? Or, or, or to pay the car note, whatever it is. Okay. And then they can just do ministerial stuff, right? Yeah, ministerial duties. Just the ministerial. Okay. Okay. Oh man, that's good. That's good. Oh, that's great. I thank you, brother. I brought always, always, always a pleasure, brother. And I love love the show. Likewise. Love. Thank you, bro. I'm it, bro. I'm on it. Thank you. I'm yes, man, please. Oh, great. I appreciate that. Love study. All right, peace, peace, God. Peace to the God. Peace to the God. Um, all right, let's go seven five seven four one two. You're on the line. Seven five seven. You're on the line. Nope. All right. All right. That's all I call. So, um, nobody else got their hands up. 
But uh, I appreciate the brothers for calling in. Definitely a good conversation. We'll keep this up next week. Remember, I got a webinar coming up on court procedures uh, and how to use them constitutional challenges and how to use your constitution in your state. All right, we'll go. Uh, we'll go through. Hopefully, depending on how many people I got on there, I'll try to go through each person's constitution. Um, and break down how to use it, all right? So you can register for that on makemorecommerce.com. Look forward to having y'all on, all right? If you got any uh, business with me, anything like that, make sure you get with me. If, uh, we got a consultation. Make sure you get with me this week. I got a pretty open schedule. I can get with people, all right? With that being said, I'm going to say peace to the gods, and I'll holler at y'all next week. Peace. Uh, the mighty set. Santana, what's up? More like a movement you need be in tune with. Killer the dawn, what's good? Crack music, crack. Diplomatic community, 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 Money, power, respect is what the lock says. You show the lot of lock and respect is what the cops said. Fuck the cops. Paparazzi flicks on the six page. Click, click, click. Grammy bunch with the 40s by the rib cage. I my jacks, we want to be this like Big Dave. R.I.P. I've been buying roadies since the kid's age. My ninth one. Four, five, six, top in the seven series. Thanks, up. With drop top shit, I can see having clearly. Pray for me. Try to put them on the game, but they never hear me. Stoop, maybe it's Texas, the closest that you're getting near me. Shit, cause life is so ferocious that it's getting scared. It's hard to stay focused and my eyes are getting teary Optimus, what up, nigga? Diplomatic community Hey, yo, Capo, what up, man? Unity Wait, some talent shit, huh? Shit, almost got up Diplomatic community. Yeah. After I fuck all these girls wanna spoil with me. Come get in tour with me. I'm shining like the sun and girl, you looking like the moon to yes, me. You are. Your man a goon, he's scared to be in a room with me. That's detrimental. Sure is. I don't deal with anything that's sentimental. Had cocaine in the rent. Nothing sweet, but all my sweets are presidential. Yep. Dead presidents, I'm done with residential. That? What I mean, man, I bought my own zip code. Oh. Leave me alone, I go flip mode Don't care if you black with a big nose White with pink toes Just how the shit goes The kid with the sick flow Jewelry, got Bruce Leroy Slash Slick Rick Glow Fuck is you, Negro Tune in every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on the bottom line with Joey L. On the new Evolution Radio Network.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.